mute ourselves. <laughs> oh goodness, we we're a lips. mess. We, we just all live. Um, he's got some music playing up there, but I don't know if y'all can hear it back here. I wonder if it could be. Let's see if I can hear it here. If we opened up my mic up there, I just unmuted up there. I don't know. Did I turn that off with a push of a button? I might have. I might have pushed the button and turned that off. I'm going to go check it. Well, we're waiting on people to get into the Twitch channel. I'm going to let Nugget hang out here and we're going to go check the other connection. That's what we're going to go do. But yeah, um, it's been great out here. And the weather, aside from like two, you know, it was raining. I'm not hearing anything. I'm not hearing anything. Oh, I'm in the stream, bro. Can you hear me now? Yes. Hey, Matt Harley's in the stream. Yes, hey, Matt Harley. Um, can you hear me now? Yes, yes. You can. You can hear me. Okay. From here, it looked like you were in there. I'm sorry. I'm, yes. I'm torn all the different ways. Yeah. Y'all, look at this. Uh, if you're in the stream right now, look at this fantastic stage that we have. This is a fantastic, right? You guys, the stage is everything right now. What's up, Tater? We are running live on our Twitch channel right now and actually all of our channels right now. Um, we're waiting on we're waiting on people to show up. <laughs> but honestly, I will stand up here and talk to a room full of nobody. Can y'all see on this camera? It looks good, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I want you just I would like you to be presenting something. Uh, oh hey, I just emailed you. Um, I just sent you. I just sent you more documents. Uh, um, because we have bags in here. We did not smoke in here, but there are bags in here. Yeah, we're. It's just us. We're exuding it. It's a, it's a new perfume. Right. Okay. I was gonna say I can uh, go up there with you. It's upstairs, right? To the pictures. Um, I couldn't find the USBs, but here, feel free to plug into this. Square. I'm not using it, so feel free. Yeah, no, he was like, he was like, do you think they know where it is? Are they lost? And I was like, um, no, this is literally, this is, uh, this is literally. Uh, 
we're muted we were muted for a second because there was people back here talking and stuff that's why so we're on uh twitch we're on uh we're on facebook today and we're on youtube you guys can hear there's a lot of background music right uh, music uh background noise is what i was going to say we're just waiting for um the room to fill up a little bit more and then there's going to be some speakers and um 
Oh man, it's going to be great. The The education piece of this is well worth the watch. I'm going to say that for a fact. Um, did you say I'm tiny? <laughs> like in y'all, I am five foot four. I am not a tall person, um, but I present tall. Yay. I know. I'm so excited that more people are, are showing up. Um, a lot of them respond, but still there's this education piece that we really want to speak to. Oh, that other view. Yeah. Cause I was up on the stage. So I'm a tiny person. Um, but I exude a lot of, uh, uh, big energy. So that's, that's the beauty of it. Woo. So if you are on the TikTok right now on the TikToks, um, if you want to follow us on Twitch, um, twitch.tv cannabis closet 420 is our is is our uh, page is our channel and uh, <laughs> nice yeah I know a lot of my friends are all like I know he sleeps the whole time he's like literally taking up no no you totally he's allowed to um be touched by the group <laughs> i must have touched one of my eyes and wiped off all my makeup on the side like in the camera i'm like oh it's okay. It's a pretty. Um, it's very. It's very simple. We are piecing it together as we go. She's still got a soundboard and other things that can be hooked up to be all fancy. I don't know how to use any of them. We did not get that far. Have we done a new computer and that was enough? Like, yeah. Most of the stuff Yeah, that's what this this card is. Like, we learned all sorts of yeah. stuff. Yeah, just. This is the newest Apple um, laptop, and it only has these two plugs and a place for my headphones. So I had to buy this thing, which is $100, so that I could plug USBs into it. Thank you, Apple. Yeah, my dad bought me a Chrome. A Chromebook? I hate that thing. I love it. No, no, I want to throw. I want to throw that thing against a wall. Apple, I didn't like it. Yeah. Hey, this is like just Hi, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard so many good like, things about you. I keep like these yeah. headphones because I keep trying to like some <laughs> like, pack so, like, up all my stuff and was like, goodbye. This is the podcast. I'll be like, full, I'm full. I'm going to be like running and be like talking to people who just come up and talk to us. Which. That's fine, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're starting to kind of trickle in. Oh, Elite, there, uh, we need, we're going to have to sip. Time for a dissab. If you can take one, we are in a public space, so we cannot. But yes, um, uh, I am taking one with you in spirit. What's up, Reaper Queen? I on live doing my makeup. Yeah, I well, feel like why I'm not? Doing a People tutorial. do makeup on live all the time. I don't see anything wrong with that. Because I don't know what you know, like makeup, like a lighting show makeup is so different than sitting. And I already don't wear Good makeup. Morning, so all things. Trying to put more on so I don't look. Don't go over there near the windows. It's bad light. 
Uh, it's bad light there at the windows. She's like, don't go over there. Uh, I love this. It's starting to fill up a little bit. I want to flip this camera and show y'all, but they said hi to you. Let's I show you on TikTok. I'm not going to show you anywhere else. If he thinks he's going to sit in a special seat that I put aside for a special somebody else. So more people are starting to come in. You better. You better I'm Megan. Megan. This girl's name is Farah. Also, oh, I can't wait. We're gonna get more time to talk and everything. Wow. Her name is Farah, yeah. and my name is Farah. Thank so. you. Yes. Oh, I'm cute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> passed out, y'all. Y'all can't see him on the pod, but Nugget is passed out behind me. I have. I'm literally sitting on the edge of my seat. Ooh. So I just met my one of my mentees. Oh, she's one of your. Oh, oh, nice. You will not forget her. So I got a text saying that somebody's running a little bit late today. Oh, but that was so. Which one? Oh, uh, which <laughs> which one? She said it's like a rotating door. Uh, door it oh. invites, it invites you know, energy invites energy. have been uh you know put out there i feel like this is darker on this side this is uh megan's makeup corner brought to you Brought to you by a girl does, that does not know how to do makeup. By the oh my Podcast. Megan's makeup. My eyes. I don't know what to do with my eyes. By the Canvas Closet Podcast. I wish we could like have something to put it. Girl, we got boxes. I know, but like, will they fit? I think we have like a wall behind us. Let's stay on here for a little bit. But once they start doing the um, teaching and stuff, we'll probably jump off of here and be just on Twitter or on the on the pot. How high do I want to be? Or oh no, that wasn't the question. Very tentative. Very tentative. So you don't bump it. Oh, do Oh, put that in the bag. <laughs> I just have weeds sitting out on the table. <laughs> She said, why does it smell like that in here? You know why it smells like that? Because I'm in the room. It's just how we roll. It's our pheromones. It's just, it is ours. Hello, Nugget. We should have brought one of those. I'm my bad. I got loud. This is going to be for the... We did not smoke, I swear to God. These are going to be for, uh, these are for the, yeah, they're, um, the, what do you call it? Thank you. And then, so are these, huh? Yep, these are all for out uh, there. I just want, I just want um, ours should, oh, you know what? Ours was in a separate link. I'm sorry. Oh, I, I missed something? It was in a, it was in a separate email. It's the same email, but link is above. Ozium. Brought to you by, no, I'm just kidding. We don't, we don't fucking. No, until we, until we sponsor, we ain't shouting out. So no, you, she, I know. Like I, I know. Nothing to tell you to check it. 
red shit. Exactly. Our candle, I know our little candle. That thing smells so good. I got this thing. It's, it's called Rasta Love, and it's the most beautiful. I can't help that I go everywhere. I'm loud. I'm everywhere I go. It's not my fault. Well, it's a little bit my yes, fault. Yes, ma'am. That's it. That's the one. Ooh, chill. She's still not in the shot. She's not in either one of the shots, so y'all aren't missing nothing. Oh, did nothing. we find out which, uh, which lovely did not want to be on? Oh, yes. Um, she's not in the room yet. Okay. She's wearing a hat, though, for sort 10. That makes it easy. So what we've done is there's a few um, people I don't know in here, but we've just basically invited all of our friends so that we can sit around and talk about cannabis together. And I, I can't love it more. I can't love it more. You guys. Um, it's amazing. When Megan's done with her face, I think we're going to try to scooch this whole operation to the oh, left. To the left. I, can, I can stop doing what I'm doing. Um, you do what you do. We're not in a hurry. Are y'all in a hurry? We're just going to change the, the view a little bit. So let us know um, also on. She says a nice short day. Yeah, it's going to be full of information, but it's not yeah. as long as, you right. know. Yeah. Yes. Sorry that I came in here loud like that. Oh, I don't know where that is. Just like everybody's promise. We are not handing it out. No it is here. not a play. Like, you can just just blame us. Just point at the girls in the back of the room. Oh. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna mute us over here. You guys want to see this? Uh, is she gonna start speaking soon? Hey, this All right, is the Canna Closet Podcast? Yeah, we're ready. We're ready for you. Oh, that lady went to go pair parking. Um, so this is okay, April. We are going to do an interview with her as well. We're doing great. Um, we're going to do an interview with her as well later. She's yeah, there. Nurse. She's going to tell you guys all about who she is. Um, and then um, I think I see a Brahma up there with her too. So that usually means you have to. Okay. There has to be a reason here. On that Can you just? Yeah, I mean, I'm parked in reserve parking right now, and I know well, I'm not supposed to be in there. So. Yeah, we just follow everybody else. Let me tell you, I have a phone parking ticket here. <laughs> you have parking tickets from here. This, this location. Oh my gosh, we're gonna. <laughs> but yeah. They're not real pushy about them, actually. It's like a parking enforcement person, um, and they may happen to catch you. But well, I can't even park Oh, well, if you park in the actual lot, see, I just park on the street and just yeah. up the meters. Yeah, no, I I am. Uh, every time I go to, you know, a, a capital, I get parking tickets because they only let you park there for two hours and you're always on there longer but I try to stay on top of that here's our yeah, podium oh. the screen the screen and the ladies can have the stage I would prefer you be on the stage um, but especially if you stand down here I guess you just say. Okay, so that means we got to go. Well, we need you on stage, too. I'm calling everybody out. Don't worry. 
but I'm just saying, I'm just, you know, doing Okay. All right, Stacy's back. I think we got everybody. We had to start. We got all quiet when we walked right there. Does anybody have a Mr. Microphone? Oh, I don't know. Mr. Microphone? I am Mr. Microphone. Okay, yes. all right. We need a mic. I got to pick up dinner. Okay. But uh, Jan's bringing. Okay. All right. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for getting up early on a Saturday morning. We, we lost a few people. So um, Jason and I uh, had a conversation a while back about um, what we could do to create diversity in the cannabis industry. And we really want to create opportunities and um, create um, connections for people. So we uh, we had an event last week in Kansas City. Great turnout. And, you know, people, I think, really found a lot of value in it um, just from meeting the other people who attended. And so... You know, I'm April. I guess I should introduce myself. Um, I'm actually a nurse. Been a nurse for 16 years, and you know, I, I won't go into my whole story, but um, you know, cannabis was always seen as recreational for me until my son suffered a TBI and um, prescription after prescription, therapist after therapist, speech therapy, physical therapy. Um, finally, someone said, "Hey, you know that you might want to try medical marijuana." 
course at the time it was illegal. I was extremely frightened to do something like that with a nursing license, but I did it. And within a short time, he was a, a much healthier person and continues to be today. So it just kind of snowballed from there. You know, I had done so much research when I was looking into um, what I was going to give him. Uh, people knew that I was a nurse who knew about cannabis. So lots of people started coming to me. And um, when the law passed here in Missouri, I said, hey, I can actually announce this in public and make it official and I won't get in trouble. So um, we do a lot of one-on-one -on -one patient consultations. We do a lot of dispensary um, training, you know, really from the perspective of nurses uh, Matt is my partner over here. We um, taking care of some really sick people. Yeah, and, here, yeah. And so we just try to provide, you know, that different, um, you know, that that compassionate perspective. And we want to teach people how to um, connect with those people who have often been failed by the healthcare industry. We do not want to fail them in the cannabis industry. So I think that's my little spiel. Um, there's more people who we want to get up and introduce. Um, I'm going to, this is Jason, came in from Colorado for this. Thank you. My pleasure. Nice to meet you all. Uh, again, I, I see a lot of faces I recognize, some new ones I'll be seeing again, I'm sure. Uh, I'm grateful that April was listening to a podcast we were having about um, opportunity and inclusion in the cannabis industry, different avenues and different opinions on how to solve, how to highlight, who's doing what. Um, and, and we kind of tabled that conversation with some friends we made in Missouri last year as I was invited out to talk about diversity and inclusion in the cannabis industry at um, uh, a MoCan trade event last year. So not a Mocan Oh, sorry. Midwest <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, Midwest Canada Expo event, which we have in-house uh, here today. And so when I'm done talking, I'll have everybody um, take two minutes to stand up and introduce themselves and, and kind of let the the attendees know what they're doing in the, in the local market. Um, I started as a patient uh, 2008. Uh, quickly moved into, let me grab this door here. No? Okay. <laughs> so, uh, quickly moved from, from the patient. Hang on, Matt. Quickly moved from the patient to being asked to work in a dispensary for the first time in 2009. And since then, I've done just about everything I've wanted to do in the cannabis industry, from bud tending to genetic sourcing to one-on-one -on -one patient orientation and education, uh, all the way through license holding, ap application writing, and I was part of a winning team in Pennsylvania on an application, and I was first to market in the great in the greater Philadelphia area. Uh, did a lot of advocacy work at PA, learned what it meant to lobby, spend time, you know, hitting uh, my local um, representatives on Capitol Hill. So I've learned a lot over the last 10 or 11 years, and... Uh, I'm, I'm really grateful to have the opportunity now to, to take the next steps in making sure that we build the best <clears throat> cannabis industry we can, uh, and that's inclusive. Uh, so that's kind of the motivation behind April and I bringing this group together and making this offering. And, and the goal for me is to be able to do this in every inner city and, and make a, a direct connection between people of color 
and the cannabis pipeline legally and to show that it's not just opportunities in a, a, a cannabis license holder, but there are, especially when I look around this room, there are tons of successful ancillary cannabis entrepreneurs in this room that aren't dependent on a state license or aren't dependent on an opportunity given to them by the state, but created their own opportunities in the industry. So I wanted to share that with my community. And I really appreciate those who came out coming out, um, both on the, on the vendor side and the support side and the, and the attendee side. So I'm going to start pulling some names in the audience. Cause I want people to kind of stand up and give me a, Two minutes or less, who you are, what you do in the market. And I'm going to start with Corinne right here on the end. Um, I'm Corinne Chester, and my company is Imaginarium Enterprises. And we have two divisions. We have Midwest Cannabis Expos. We produce large-scale educational trade shows and events for the cannabis industry. And then Midwest Cannabis Demos, which we're currently here hiring for. So we do brand representation events for manufacturers. We go into dispensaries and educate patients about their products and talk about brands. Um, so we're hiring. I'm really happy to be here and be part of the event. So thanks for having us. Well, we expected from, no, no. Turn around. <laughs> yes. Oh, you're here. Come on, stand up. Everybody's, uh, okay. So tell us who you are, what you do, how you got here. <laughs> so 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 again an important key note is your skills payroll right like so now you're you're functioning in an, a whole new avenue because you have that payroll skill set now you can go into cannabis specific areas and build on that 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 there's already a shortfall of right there's already not enough people having that skill set in that market so that's what I want to translate to anybody who's attending is you don't have to learn a new skill set. You don't have to learn new training. A lot of what we can do is translate what you're good at into a potential opportunity. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Hey. 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 Personally, um, senior manager by trade. Uh, maybe a junior executive manager someday. Uh, that's a really tight pyramid at the top. Um, but uh, in terms of the Missouri Cannabis Industry Association, one of two industry associations here in Missouri, uh, we focus a lot on uh, patients and caregivers and some of the, uh, I, I would say, neglected areas uh, of the industry. And you know, we're big into diversity. Presently, there are opportunities on our board, uh, particularly for folks of color. Uh, we'd love to see that. We have about 50% women on our board, or getting close to 50% women on our board at this point, but we're all white. So, uh, you know, might as well just say it out loud and be up front. We like yeah. diversity, right? We really do. Um, let's, let's bring it in. We need that help. We need that perspective, right? Because there are some things we're going to miss just because we miss it, that we don't know, right? So, uh, we need She's that. Like, like, I got something else yeah. I want. Um, but additionally, <laughs> <laughs> Additionally, uh, you know, we're all volunteer associations. Nobody gets paid. Sometimes there's small stipends for this or that. Um, so all membership dues, all that sort of thing goes into producing um, educational events. Sponsoring events like this is big for us. Uh, we like to be here. You know, we're going to buy lunch today. 
rules to the way the current medical program has been put together, and we'd like to correct some of those and include some important programs for, you know, uh, economically disadvantaged, disenfranchised groups, uh, disabled veteran, myself, medical patient, caregiver, the whole deal. So, uh, at any rate, finally, I guess, uh, got to mention our certified caregiver program, it's sort of professional certification, teaches people how to get out there and care for patients, uh, the kind Miss April Hash, uh, and, and Matt here both uh, participated in help us putting together that uh, that information for folks. Uh, we'd really love to see uh, you come across our desk and email and, and get familiar with it. Thank you. You know, I'll amplify that caregiver program, uh, having advocated across the country and, and been in a lot of different medical states. And Missouri definitely has the strongest caregiver to patient program in the country, uh, without no, numerically without doubt. Um, and when you start to see the connection provided by an organization like Eric's, for and Abrama does work in the field, and I know Martin, you know, connecting uh, growers and caregivers with patients and their needs is really that next nexus of, of completion as well. So, I just want to give a lot, of, a lot of kudos to Eric for that focus on the patient and caregiver side of it uh, as an industry leader. I appreciate that. And Annie's feeding us lunch today, so thank you again for that. Um, I'm going to hit Marnay next. She's, you're going to come up here, but I just want everybody to introduce themselves. And... Hello, good morning. I'm Marnay. Um, I'm the elder and founder of School of Academy, as well as the owner of Queen of Parking, Brigham, and Green Growth. Um, overall focus is the education of industrial chemistry and science. Um, so I'm really showing the community that, like they said, anything you're already ready to do and you can integrate cannabis in front of the literally. I tell people all the time, what do you do? Put cannabis in front of you, have a million dollar structure, it's on your consultant. So, we schedule an appointment with me at any time. I help people integrate from ancillary to actual facility owners, if that is something that you're interested in doing. Um, I have win over seven applications throughout the Midwest, including Illinois, Missouri, Oklahoma. I am now a dispensary owner myself. So I'm very happy to be opening up doors next month. Um, other than that, I'm pretty much all around here to help the community in any way that I can. Um, I host a really cool grow classes with the Home Growers. Definitely appreciate the partnership. We've been doing this for about two years. So um, we sell out every class. I'm headed to Kansas City tomorrow. So this is actually my first know, by state, well, excuse me, my first, like, uh, Twin City, you know, collaboration, so I'm very excited to see what tomorrow looks like. I um, appreciate the community supporting me as I continue to expand as well, and I hope that I can do that for anyone who's interested. Brandon. Uh, one of the biggest things is that the uh, cannabis culture is long standing. We had 
code, ethics, inside jokes, and glossaries of terms that uh, these, this industry really firsthand doesn't know that much about. And so uh, we see an opportunity to, uh, to really connect the existing community with these brands in a way that's really authentic. And we can also educate the existing cultures groups, sorry, along the way. Uh, so the first place that we do that is we do that at the Colbert Private Lounge. Uh, it's the first private campus lounge in Missouri. So right now we're in South Central Missouri history. We're going to meet in our slogan because we really are a place where the campus community comes together. Uh, the COLA is the is the, the name of the flower side of the female campus plant. So it is literally a figure of the one stage right now is happening. So we use that in our ethos. There's a buzzer that should be screwed uh, on the I'm um, also the state director for my minorities for medical marijuana. Where are you parked? <laughs> You'll see a bunch of hard yeah, street side between the two big buildings. Uh, in the on the corner. Uh, uh, it's uh, uh, the chocolate uh, pig, I think, is out front. For people of color to be able to connect with the community and to educate these people in the industry that 4% of our people of color being in an industry where two, over 300% of us are still in jail uh, for the same type of uh, for the same plant doesn't add up. You know, like Preach. Right, so we have to flip those numbers completely on the other side. You know? So in order for us to do that, uh, these industry folks, uh, just like, uh, what's your name again? Eric. Eric. Um, we need that type of care, care transparency. Uh, we need advocates in the industry. And so uh, between InfraMed and the St. Louis Campus Club, I'm um, using those as my two pillars uh, to really drive that mission forward, specifically for minorities in the industry. Uh, so I think we're, uh, the other thing I can plug, I can plug the after party, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. So yeah. uh, the after party is actually going to be at the Cobalt Lounge. Woo! At 9 to 7, uh, 7 to 11 ish. Uh, so show up. Yeah. Thank you, Brandon. Hi, Abrama. <laughs> so I am Abrama Keith, and I am. The executive director of Greater St. Louis Normal, which is the national organization. Um, and I have a business called We Can, and we work on building genuine connections between the campus community, between patients, between patients and caregivers patients and businesses, between patients and each other. So I was with our events like um, virtual events, virtual vision boards, parties, educational events with vendors on site. Um, and I also do marketing for different businesses. I've probably worked with a whole bunch of different groups in here on different events. And I am the marketing and um, events coordinator for Presto Doctor in Missouri as well. So, Definitely open to talking to people about, you know, how they can connect with each other or connect with different avenues in the And the first black woman to lead the chapter of St. Louis, or to lead normal anywhere in the country. Dawn. Hi. I'm Dawn Abernathy, everybody. This is Dawn, a campus advocate. I'm the clinical director for the 
Illinois market from that both sides of the state. It's a too bright type of operation for most folks because we're right there on the edge of the city. Anybody that grew up in St. Louis knows that you're just stones throw away from the river. So we need to compare that for patients and caregivers. I understand the rules and the laws differences is an opportunity to share more. Um, move over here. It's a nicer program over here. Um, Illinois is cute, but Missouri is, you know, we're an agricultural state. So, quite off the right academy, um, I provide consultations and conversations, kind of like what we're doing today. Just supposed to have an opportunity to be empowered and working through the walking and home care and wanting a plant based medicine. You know, how that stuff is about kind of what agriculture is built. So, a few little counterparts of mine that are advocates to be able to just really translate. For patients in the clinical setting or not. So, most of the things I do and all things that are like back up to the more day the awesomeness, um, I just kind of partner in with all these awesome businesses that are sitting here that we do so much work with. So, yep, if it's a jackpot trying to ask me. Chris. Definitely been the OGs and the advocate side. I think 06, 2016, 20, you know, that, that deserves some praise. Uh, Zach. I don't know, Zachary Post, president of the League of Academy. We're a nonprofit organization. We
Levon. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, guys. Um, first, before we introduce ourselves, I do want to let everybody know that there are two cameras rolling for our podcast right now. Um, one in the front and one back here. So if you don't walk behind us or in front of that camera in there, you're going to be fine to stay off camera. Uh, we are the Cannabis Closet Podcast. Uh, my name is Canna Queen. This is MJ. Uh, we run every Monday, usually uh, at 420 Mountain Standard Time. That's 520 for y'all. Uh, and uh, we talk about the things that uh, people put in the closet. So the cannabis industry has problems just like every other industry. And uh, we started recognizing those problems and we want to make changes because we want to have a better industry for us, for our community, for the plant that we love. And so we decided that we were going to come together with our experience and our knowledge and the people that we know and that we love and we know have a passion for this plant as well. And to talk about the real problems in this industry, not sugarcoated at all. Like we come at it hard. We come straight forward at it. We don't beat around the bush. And then we want to talk about solutions because there are solutions to all of the problems that we face in the cannabis industry. We just have to work together to find those solutions and to implement those solutions. Um, so that's what we do at the Cannabis Closet. If you guys want to follow us, we're on twitch.tv slash Cannabis Closet 420. Um, today we're running live on all of our platforms, YouTube and Facebook as well. 
And then um, we also post um, after the show on Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And I'm going to let uh, Megan, excuse me, I'm going to let Megan talk a little bit too, because I'm always the one that's. <laughs> when we're not podcasting, I'll actually talk about her too, in a sense that when she's not podcasting, um, she is a consultant. She is a here to also um, come into your businesses, help the industry. You know, pinpoint, we are from every aspect of um, the Colorado industry, from the grow to working the facilities to I work a medical clinic. So I stepped away from the dispensary model and I started helping patients um, get their medical cards. I don't touch the plant. I run an office, but I help patients with that Colorado process just because I know how to work a computer and I can click through those sites quicker than patients can. And so we like to, again, help patients as much as we can educate. She loves to come in and educate like from the ground up, from your dispensary staff to a general knowledge. You know, you, you have a question about what you're medicating with, how to medicate. This girl's got a lot of knowledge and, um, you know, I come from a marketing and health coaching background too. So I love to just spread the ideas that we don't have to, you know, there's so many different aspects of this industry. It's not, you know, while the plant is our love, like we know there is so much, uh, you know, and all these little branches where we can really grow, like literally like pun intended. Um, and so we're excited to be here. Uh, we are going to be broadcasting all day long. So uh, please stop by, chat with us. We'd love to sit down and talk to you about the industry, you and uh, how we can help you grow. And we'll be interviewing all of the vendors as well. So be on the lookout. We're going to come. We're coming for you. I got names. I got names written down. So. <laughs> Your names. Thank you. Thanks for having us. You guys. Thank you so much. people but yeah get your place and come back in we're good
What's up, guys? I want to take this moment for our sponsor break real quick. So I just wanted to give a shout out to all of our sponsors. We're going to start with uh, High Council. So if you guys are interested in checking out uh, the High Council. Hold on. I don't even know my own website. <laughs> this isn't the one I want. I'm looking at the wrong thing. Um, so check out highcouncil420.com. No, that's not right either. What am I talking about? Yes, it is right. I'm sorry. I'm starting trying to edit and talk at the same time. So anyways, check out highcouncil420.com. And um, there's a lot of creator merchandise on there, including the backpack that I've been carrying around all week with the loudest loud in there. It's so loud in there. Oh my gosh. Um, Where is my It's way over there. Yeah, we have to Let me grab it because, or yeah, can you grab it? Because we're doing a sponsor break and this is like the most atrocious sponsor break you've ever seen in your whole life. So anyways, but check out highcouncil420.com for some um, great creator merchandise. I'm just one of the many creators on highcouncil420.com. There's lots of us on there and all of us have our own um, amazing um characteristics about us and so find someone on there that you absolutely love and support us we're going to be putting out um some production um education and entertainment production um for you guys to see on our channel so stay tuned for that um we have lots of big things coming up in the future additionally um check out my smoke gear slash ref slash can of queen dgo to if you need a new pipe if you need a silicone pipe or a new grinder um definitely check it out we also have new apparel up there the my smoke gear apparel is pretty dope so um i can't wait to get some ordered and get some in but def- definitely check it out my slash ref slash can of queen dgo also we're going to be doing some stuff tonight with the levo shop.levo.com um for 10 percent off use our discount code cannabis closet 420 we are going to to be filming tonight with the Levo live at our after party. So definitely check that out. We're going to be doing some live stuff there. Set your alerts on twitch.tv slash cannabis closet 420. We are not going to be running live on all of our platforms this evening. We will only be running live on our twitch.tv slash cannabis closet 420 platform. So definitely check it out. Um, the Levo is amazing. You can, if you, if you're not a cannabis consumer, that's okay. It's not a big deal. You can actually, you know, if you're a gardener and you like to grow your own herbs, you can dry your herbs in the Levo and then you can infuse those herbs into your butter, your honey, your oil, whatever. Um, so you can use it for more than just cannabis. Um, cannabis, um, is also, you can also decarb the cannabis in there. So it's a one, it's a one-stop shop, you know, um, with other machines I've seen that you have to like uh decarb outside of the machine um it grinds up the flour things like that this does not happen with the levo the levo is like you put it in there i don't even have to strain it i just push a button and it it pours out it's amazing it's one of the most amazing machines i've ever used it's like the keurig of um of butter infusion or oil infusion so it's pretty amazing um Check out, check out um, the Midwest Canna Golf Tournament at gmail.com. It got postponed to 710. So that's on the Saturday, 710. First annual Midwest Canna Golf Tournament. It got postponed due to weather. Um, but sign up if you can. They're still looking for sponsorship and teams. Uh, definitely check out the website or the email for more information. Go ahead and send an email over and uh, get more information on that. 
you can absolutely catch us on all of our um, streaming avenues. So right now we're streaming live on twitch.tv slash Cannabis Closet 420, which is our main channel. Definitely go over there and follow us to get um, most of our content. We're going to be putting that out live on twitch.tv. But after the show, we... um, when you know I'm working at full capacity and I don't have a million things on my plate, I definitely upload all of our shows <laughs> onto our other platforms. Join us live, so you can uh, definitely check us out on Apple Podcasts. We just got picked up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We're on Facebook, of course. We're on Twitch, TikTok, and Instagram. We've been building up our platforms there too, so definitely check us out on all of our platforms. And if you're interested in when we're going to be going live and things like that, we're going to. Uh, post those things into our discord. Um, so, um, I need to post that, uh, that, that link in there. Believe the link. Put it in? Oh, I did it in Not the comments the last link. time. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, the discord link the needs to go in there, but it is the cannabis closet discord. And if you'd like that link, you just hit us up and we'll make sure that you get it. We'll get you an invite link. Um, this event is sponsored by Fleurvert Academy. Fleurvert Academy, um, has all kinds of classes for, um, home growers or people looking to get into business, you can take a class and learn something about cannabis. They also have a clinic attached. It's a virtual clinic and they work in, um, in Missouri, Illinois, and now in Oklahoma as well. So definitely check out Fleurvert Academy at gmail.com uh, or schedule your clinic appointment. You can dial one three one four four six five eight five one six. Did I just say you can dial? Like what year is this? <laughs> We're, of course, sponsored by my company, CQ LLC. We're a cannabis consulting company. We like to come in and be hands-on, fix the problems you have, or make it so that you don't have those problems at all when we start from the bottom up. So definitely give us a call, 970-426-5985. We'll be happy to help you out. We can do virtual work, but we do like being hands-on, so we'd love to show up in your town and help you out with whatever you need. We like to connect with communities. We do. We love it so much. Um, V9 Grows sponsors this podcast. Without V9 Grows, we wouldn't be able to run live on our stream yard today. So thank you, V9 Grows. Follow V9 Grows on Facebook. V9Grows420.com is the website. Um, You can learn so much from him. He does home grow um, classes right there on his channel. I believe that's the majority of our sponsors today. Uh, We are sponsored by King Palm as well. If you want to get a discount on your King Palms, you can use... uh, KPC Queen to get a discount today uh, when you go to the King Palm website. So definitely check that out as well. Uh, with that, we're going to go ahead and take our own pause and get us a plate of food. And then we're going to be right back for the talk. So stay tuned. Thanks for being with us, everybody. And thanks for being patient with us. Abby went on this way. Nine job on this way. Perfect. All right. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. Aesthetics. Oh, it's Yay. Thank you. Awesome. What? You mean you look so cute? You like the Yeah, it's so cute. 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 Yeah, it's so c
Y'all, this food, I'm just going to say right now. I'm running. I'm running. It smells so good. First of all, Lefties is black-owned. So let's just start there. But it's Asian cuisine, looks like, right? Is that what yeah, I'm eating? There's two types of ragoon. You're not going to walk around and beg people for food. Go get in your basket. Now. Hey. Get in there. In the basket. Hey. Get in the basket. Nugget. Aki aki. Gracias. Okay. My dog speaks um, a little bit of Spanish. Okay. So there's crab rangu and lobster rangu. What? Shut up. Mm hmm. It's so good. Oh my gosh. There's comments. Let me see. What y'all are saying to me. You're going to get one someday. What are you going to get? What are you going to get? Mm. What am I reacting to? Do I need to put soy 
Soy sauce? You just want to see how I feel about the rice. What did you call it? Dark skin rice, she called it. She said, it's, what, what makes it, what makes it dark skin rice? Oh, they caramelize it. Okay. Okay. Please don't. <laughs> We're live. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Okay. This is the fried rice. I put some soy sauce on it because that's what we do. It's fucking delicious. It's fucking delicious. Everything on this plate is delicious. I can't eat this on camera because y'all don't want to see me eat chicken on camera. Mm -mm. It's inappropriate. It's inappropriate. This food is so good. Y'all don't understand. Sorry you're watching me eat. Not sorry. A little bit, but not really. I'm like tasting everything. Mm, so good. This rice is, I should have gotten more. Mm-hmm. This rice is everything for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like this. So, if you're in St. Louis and you want to eat some amazing cuisine and you like Asian cuisine, mm-hmm. they are. I highly recommend Lefty. This lobster rangoon is so good. Y'all, I can't. Who did this? So good. Y'all know how much I love food. Mm-hmm. This shit is delicious. Mm-hmm. You know the food's good when it makes you dance. I'm just sitting up here podcasting by myself. You want to come podcast with me? I'm over here podcasting by myself. This is our sponsor, V9 Gross. What's up, you guys? What up? What up? What up? What's up, you guys? It's your motherfucking boy, V9 Gross. Motherfucking boy. He don't announce himself any other way, y'all. We was at the cola last night. <laughs> And this motherfucker goes live. There's a room full of people. And he's like, what's up? It's your boy. <laughs> it's your motherfucking boy. I did. You did. No shame. I loved it. I can't I, I, I can't be anything but my genuine I self all the time. I want you to be always your genuine self. I, I just don't know anyhow. I don't know any way, way, else, the way else to be. Have you tasted this plate of food? Yes, I have. Oh I, I've actually had that food before. And it's oh. really freaking good, yo. Like, 
to like <laughs> I don't know. It's difficult to find a kosher Chinese spot like that where it's that kosher and this good. Mm-hmm. It's really, really difficult. <laughs> well, it's it's St. Louis culture because St. Louis culture is known for our Chinese food and our mm-hmm. Italian food. When you're from here, like you know it because it's a Chinese spot everywhere you go. Let me tell you what you're not known for. <laughs> Pizza. Wait a minute. No, sir. Wait a minute. What's, what's wrong? What's wrong with emos? We ate. Oh well. Did y'all eat emos or Alicia? Look, emos. First of all, emos is not real pizza. It's Only thin in crust. St. Louis. It's thin crust. Is it real pizza? It's thin crust pizza, you guys. It's all it is. It's, it's just- barely a thin crust pizza. <laughs> it's barely a pizza. It's barely. <laughs> so, okay, some people do it's call good, it crackers though. and cheese. Some people call it cracker and cheese. It's good though. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, not gonna say it's not some good. People, some people call but it crackers also, and cheese. We went to this very. I'm sorry to say it. Mission Mexican foods. Have y'all eaten there? Have you eaten at Mission? Don't eat at Mission. White people cook their Mexican food. <laughs> I don't mean to sound like that, but it's, I, I mean, it was mediocre at best. And your mushroom quesadilla needs work because we couldn't even eat it. It was gross. Ew. I will say that um, the food from, from, from Rooted Buds was fire last night, yo. Oh, oh, that, my, oh, my, oh my God. I had a jackfruit taquito. Now I'm vegan. I've never eaten jackfruit before. Fire. And yo. I was like scared about it. It's, I posted on TikTok and um, I'm pretty sure I did. And um, I was scared I about post it. More on TikTok. It was so good. It, it was, was fire, so, yo. It was, it was like melting your mouth good. And it had right. vegan cheese too. And it was all, it had the Those little ladies spicy know what kick. they're doing. I think I owe them mm. some money, by the way, but they're going to be there tonight. Good. Oh, you did? I okay. Did. It's like we did, I walked out without paying you girls. I pay. I paid him up front. <laughs> it's like because it was too good. Not to. It was way too good not well, to. Well, she got our plate, our first plate, and then I went and I got the churros, and I was like, churros was fire too. Like, everything a, was good. Yeah. Like I mean, everything was good. Yeah. But I'm about to get back to my plate because I'm hungry. So I'm gonna go there yeah, and eat. My, my, my friend just got here too. My other mother homeboy is gonna be here too. So we got people. people what coming. other homeboy? My uh, my homeboy Keith Robinson. He's a he's a firefighter EMT. Oh, my homeboy. Oh, is he now? Firefighter EMT, about six foot. Um, I would love. Yes, he is. Yes, MJ and I would love to meet him. No ex wives. Yo, he comes with no baggages. He's he's a a much he's much bigger muscular than I am. Okay, well we'll be the judge of that. You just bring him to our table. I'll let (laughs) y'all. I'll let y'all see him. Well. I know for sure he likes his Asian persuasion, so he might be able to cheat. Okay, calm down. <laughs> oh, that's, that's me. Go right ahead. What the hell? Stop you. What am I going to do? I'm not going to stop you. Don't send your friend. That's all I say. Don't send your friend to talk to me. You say what? Ever. Don't send your friend to talk to me. Yeah, don't send your friend to talk to me. Woo woo! Yeah, I saw that. That's right. Fail on your own. Y'all want to eat this chicken so bad, but there's zero percent chance you're gonna watch me eat it. Can't do it. Just understand, it's gonna be. I'm not gonna disrespect the chicken wing. Well, I might disrespect the chicken wing, but not the cook. Okay. It looks like. Make sure she stands a little bit over into the thing. Go tell her. Yeah. Make sure. Yeah. Just stand up there and just when she's in it, just tell her that's where she needs me. When she's ready. Mm. 
Hey, move those bottles too. I know I, I've definitely said that, but sometimes you got to remind people. This food is so good. Oh my God, I love your hair. <laughs> nice to meet you. I dig your style. I Listen, I dig anybody that has the confidence to rock bright orange hair. It looks fantastic on you. It's, yeah, well, it's okay because I know hairstylists that don't have that much confidence either. When I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, we are. They're gonna give you a buzz. <laughs> <laughs> he, said, he said, no, they, they give you more than a bus. Now, before they make that announcement, there's something in them. Okay. So, these are from Twice Baked Goods, um, owned by a woman by the name Petra Traversa. She go by Chef Pepper. I know her. She's out of Kansas City. She actually makes these um, infused edibles, but they're made with Delta 8 THC, which is actually a legal THC substance here in the whole country. Um, she actually patented these um, nugs. They look like nugs if you look at them closely, but they're actually like a Rice Krispie Treat variant, and they're really, really good. Like, I sometimes catch myself eating seven of them. They can't stop. Because they, and, but these are, so these are medicated. So... Don't do like me and eat five and pass out later. <laughs> but they are fantastic. These are good. She makes some of the best edibles I've ever had. Uh, yeah, uninfused, they was fired. So they're going to be up here, you guys. Available for... Enjoy. <laughs> Yeah. 
to the country to today. So, cannabis, like most amazing things, did not originate in America. Um, <clears throat> cannabis really, we start seeing its use in Central and Western Asia, um, and it was really known for its medical properties. Initially, that's what it was naturally used for from the time that it was discovered um, to like its heightened psychosis properties, which are kind of the relaxed and mental state that it brings, which is why a lot of people use it today. Um, and it was initially also really tied to like religion and kind of spirituality. You saw um, the use of the word ganja coming from the Hindu culture and it really being associated with the god Shiva and him them using it as medication and for really, again, that heightened spiritual sense. Um, and it, the, in Asia, they actually started the use of indica and sativa, too, really kind of classifying the drug and kind of specifying what each strain was and what really figuring out the properties for it. Um, 
And then we saw it even kind of move, as you see on the map, um, it starts to move Western. And you see it in places like Egypt, where they used it for stuff like glaucoma, things that we're still using it for today. Um, but America's focus was mainly on hemp. So when hemp and the cannabis plant was really introduced in America, um, a lot, they did know that there were some medical uses for it. Um, and a lot of times people were using CBD. So they were using it more for ointments and gels and things like that, uh, topicals and oils. Um, we see here like cannabis compounds, one tablet after each meal is what's um, recommended on there. And so we also saw a lot of hemp use in America. Um, in 1619, the Virginia Assembly passed a legislation that required every farmer to grow hemp. So basically they were like, hemp has a lot of uses, almost like things you see with like wheat and corn today, they were really using it as a crop in America. Um, and domestic production was flourishing. Um, until after the Civil War. After the Civil War, we see a kind of a leaning away from that, um, the different materials that were kind of being produced more in the United States were being used. But we did still continue to see it for its medical use. And that's one of the things that we see from inception up until now is that it's always had um, kind of that medical sense. People realized that there was more to the plant and a whole lot of different uses to it that could be helpful. Um, but so eventually, as we see, um, the attitudes change because cannabis originally was not illegal. Um, you wouldn't, why would it be? Why would somebody have said that a plant that was growing um, would be illegal? Um, but the confusion kind of starts to come in in the 1900s. In the early 1900s, there was a lot of confusion between cannabis and something called loco weeds. It was growing in kind of the southern regions of the country. And um, this is also the time when we really start to see cannabis start to become uh, weaponized, especially amongst minority cultures. Uh, the government started to say that there was this loco weed and that a lot of the Mexican-American farmers were using it. And as they kind of moved into the country, and we also saw a time in which um, there was a lot of concern about jobs in America in general, uh, with the Great Depression, with different wars, and there was a lot of this beginning of ideas of people kind of coming in and taking jobs and using up resources, and they kind of diverted that into the Mexican-American community saying that people were smoking this loco weed and that it was giving them superhuman powers and that we should really be concerned about the use of cannabis. Um, and that's also where we get the word marijuana. Marijuana was originally came from the Mexican-American communities and that was the name that they used for um, cannabis was marijuana. And so you start to see this kind of vilifying of cannabis and the use of this word to kind of tie together the negative connotations that they had put on Mexicans and then the use of this marijuana drug. And when you think about it, it's kind of divisive because cannabis was being used medically. So people, their natural associations were negative at the time until somebody kind of introduced it in that way. Um, and the government didn't just stop with Mexicans. They targeted a lot of different minority communities um, and kind of used 
um, cannabis as their background to target these communities, you start to see reefer madness. I know probably almost everybody in the room has heard about that term. So they started making posters and campaigns and movies in which they depict people doing all types of crazy things because they were using marijuana, um, the marijuana menace. Uh, one of the big things that they really pushed against were down in some of the southern areas, Louisiana, New Orleans, there was a lot of emergence of the jazz community of a lot of African-American or immigrants of color from Caribbean communities. And they used this as the way we use it today, socially, they used it as medication, they used it for a number of different things. And they tried to tie this idea that whites would be mixing in with all different types of races if they smoked this weed and hung out in seedy places. And, they, you know, um, it was literally by, um, kind of pushed by the head of the FBI at the time. Um, Harry Anslinger was a leader of prohibition. Um, and once they started pushing these agendas and pushing this kind of propaganda against marijuana, that helped him move from prohibition of alcohol to really pushing the prohibition of cannabis. And the way they started was small. Um, they started with taxation. So in 1937, they passed the Marijuana Taxation Act, and it um, required that you needed a special tax stamp. So if you were going to grow marijuana or cannabis now, you specifically needed to have a special license, per se, very similar to the licenses and situations that we have today. And um, it really was used to target a lot of minorities because they said, if you don't pay this tax on cannabis, then you can't use it, you can't sell it. And now you're a criminal for doing the things that they were naturally doing as a part of the communities, you know, in a lot of these minority communities in ways that they were using to make a living. Um, so we really start to see kind of the pushback. And after the 1930s, once they said, okay, well, hey, we want to limit how many people are using it. We want to start to tax this. Um, it really still wasn't illegal. However, during the time that they actually had that taxation laws, minorities were immediately targeted because, of course, minorities were using it in a different way than a lot of people. So if you say, hey, what you're doing recreationally with friends, if you don't pay taxes on it, of course, those groups are going to be targeted immediately. So you start to see um, fines initially. Initially, it was just fines for tax say If you weren't paying your taxes, they'd want you to pay a fine. Um, in the 1940s, however, people started to kind of find there was a LaGuardia research study that showed that a lot of the things that people were saying about cannabis, that it was um, making people crazy or that it was giving people superhuman strength or leading to other drugs, they found that that just wasn't true. And um, despite that research, we still saw uh, the pass of the 1952 Boggs Act. And the Boggs Act is when cannabis was finally really made to have a real, made into a real drug conviction. And so that's when we start to see large amounts of minorities being arrested, uh, being incarcerated, um, and it was mandatory. So if you're caught with marijuana and they're saying that there's a drug, then you're going to receive some type of jail time. Um, and we saw with the initial passing of the tax laws that Mexican-Americans were nine times more likely to already be taxed 
for cannabis and be kind of have um you know, legal ramifications. African-Americans were three or four times more likely. So now we already know these people are being caught for taxation. Now we're adding incarceration to that. So that is when we start to see, you know, the war on drugs really begin. And when we look at the war on drugs, half the war on drugs is really on marijuana possession. So really focus on what is probably the least harmful of all drugs, if we even want to call it that, because really we know that it's medicine. Um, and from the 50s into the 60s, you see the war on drugs um, kind of increase. You see the resurgence in the 60s and 70s of that real push kind of associated even with race and minorities, as we saw the age of kind of hippies and flower power and liberation and the mixing of people again, then the government comes and they kind of passed the 1970s Controlled Substance Act by President Nixon. And it actually repealed the Marijuana Tax Act and instead made cannabis a Schedule One drug, right up there with heroin, cocaine, you know, all of your real hard drugs. Um, again, kind of reinforcing that stigma that they have placed on it and kind of even elevating it now because we're associating something that we know that came in as peace, love, medication, spirituality, and kind of tying that again to something negative and using it to continue to target minorities. Um, when you get into the 1990s and 2000s, even more recently, we see that um, some of the advancements uh, for the use of hemp were growing. Um, you start to see more and more research in the areas of hemp. However, we're still a lot of minority targeted policing, minority targeted legislation. Between the 1990s and 2002, um, the drug arrests increased 41%. And the total number of marijuana requests increased by 113%. So, I mean, that's really big. And as we know uh, from a lot of different studies that African-Americans and minorities are using cannabis at the same rate as whites. However, they are, Blacks are still four times more likely to be arrested than a white person for cannabis possession nationwide. So I, that, that basically means that we know everyone's smoking the same, but clearly when you walk outside, your chances of being arrested for your use are higher as a minority. Um, and I think it's you know, also important just to talk about the fact that that still happens in states like Missouri, where Cannabis is legal. That's still happening in states like Colorado, where Illinois, where cannabis is legal. We're still seeing that. In 2019, the World Health Organization suggested a change to legislation surrounding cannabis, um, saying that it shouldn't be treated as a controlled substance the way that it has been in the past. And yet, uh, we see the arrest rates for blacks and whites still are a staggering difference um, as recently as 2018. Um, and so even looking at these figures, uh, 
legislation hasn't eradicated the indefensible rates at which Blacks and Latinx people are arrested for marijuana offenses. Um, in fact, a lot of states have even a higher percentage of Black and Latinx people having their lives arrested, impacted by marijuana arrests than other states. For example, again, going back to Illinois, um, if you look at this figure, the darker red states are where there are even more an increase in the likelihood of being arrested. And Illinois is on there right next door, our neighbor. Um, you know, and a lot of people are still being arrested for possession, for riding around, um, even with the full legalization of the drug. Uh, two years after decriminalization in DC, we saw a black person is still 11 times more likely to be arrested than a white person for the use of marijuana in that state. And again, that continues to be seen across the country. You also have to consider that African-Americans are also a lot, lot more likely to receive the maximum sentencing for their crime statistically. So even if you're someone who's a consumer and you're picked up as someone who is white, then you may receive, you know, fines, uh, community service, whereas if you're picked up as someone who's African-American, you're much more likely to be facing jail time that disrupts your family, that may disrupt your chances of being successful in a whole lot of other lights. So really, um, it's just crazy how cannabis has really been used over time to kind of support these already um, negative kind of connotations and situations for African-Americans that we've seen in the past. So looking at Missouri, Missouri actually is not as bad as a lot of people would think. Um, it ranks 39th in the nation for racial disparities. So a lot of times people kind of are arrested at the same rate kind of in Missouri, but it depends. It depends on your area. It depends on where you are. And still, that is discouraging as a person of color that you may face a lot more ramifications in certain areas of the state than someone who may have been white with the same exact charge. Um, and here, people, black people are 2.6 times more likely to be arrested for possession than whites are. And so that's why it's also important to kind of know your rights to be active and know what associations are around, like MCIA, like normal places that you can reach out where there are they can connect you with the correct legal resources even because a lot of times people may not have access to even lawyers who have the resources to really know the laws and know what options are available to patients or those who are users. So that's definitely um, important. It's just the access in general. Um, so what are our next steps knowing this? Um, our next steps are being in places like this, places where we have kind of an integration of people of all races, where we're kind of reducing the stigma. Of course, we're always pre pressing for legalization, which is something that we've heard talk about this in this room. Um, it's important to learn from the past histories and make sure that when we're building these recreational initiatives and these recreational bills, that we're building in protections for patients, that we're building in things that address the racial disparities that we've seen over time so that we have a more equal playing field, um, that we just address kind of balancing out things and making real impactful um, legislature and programs that kind of bridge the gap in a way. Um, another thing is really the 
kind of uh, education of police officers. Um, Cannabis Care Team works with a lot of the different municipalities and really um, making sure that they understand really the laws, the rules, and that they know that there is somebody who is providing that oversight and that there are people looking out to make sure that people of color and the individuals overall have that kind of secure backing if they are prosecuted or if you do run into issues with the system. Um, so yeah, that's really my history on the war on drugs. If you have any questions, you can feel free to ask me um, at any time. Also, as I said earlier, <laughs> Jason, I you have a question, Jason? In your research, have you seen, my hope is that it's more beneficial for somebody like April. <laughs> she said that. Like um, we know that people consume, races consume at the same level, right? So if we have more police contact, does it help the service in the community to have, to be patient? to be registered with the state in their medical program. Yeah, I definitely think that the importance of the card is number one. And again, like I said, just knowing your rights. A lot of times people run into situations just because they don't know their rights. They don't know that if they had a card, they would not be subject to this prosecution. Um, and we've definitely seen instances across the state where people have said they've had run-ins with the police. And maybe that is, you know, again, why in Missouri, a lot of the numbers are lower than some of the other states where they've had run-ins with the police and these police have been educated. And they now know once they pull out their card, even if they were targeting you, if you know you've been pulled over for a smell, but you have your card, then that kind of, you know, nullifies that situation. So there is always the importance of maintaining the legality. But again, why just decriminalization and legalization in general is just so important so that we do, you know, we don't have to worry about jumping through these loopholes and have to worry about those things. And again, education as well, educating people that if you do have your card, where can you get your card? Where do you go for legal services if you have been pulled over? I mean, Normal does have a page that offers on the Normal page, the state page, um, there is a list of available legal services so if you need uh, an attorney um, who does have a lot of background in cannabis, you can go there and look and it'll pull up a list for every state. So that's important as well. Oh, you have a question? Yeah, I just want to know if you, if you do consume a card, could you still buy like firearms or how does the Um, The firearms question <laughs> is... Yeah. So um, he asked about firearm protections. Can you purchase a gun if you are a medical card patient? Um, yes, you can purchase a gun. Uh, you would purchase it privately. Like if you go somewhere like to a lot of um, maybe even like the gun shows offer, you meet people who someone's purchased that gun and then you can purchase it. The problem is when you're filling out the actual form, the federal form, there's a box that you check about drug use. And if you are technically a patient, then that would automatically have that. Um, Missouri has recently passed some protections though for people who do have their guns so that if you are a patient and you do have a gun and you haven't actually checked the box or done anything federally, that there are now protections 
for you so that if you're caught with marijuana and your firearm, you're not getting the same full federal level prosecutions that you would face normally with a firearm and a controlled substance. So. I think Missouri is the only state that has that. Yeah, and I think that was big just because, uh, yeah. There's legislation in a lot of different states. And the idea is we are, as a nation, you're not believe the form says illegal, illegal or illicit drugs. Yeah. Criminal mm -hmm. use of drugs. If you're a registered patient, they're not yeah, really they're not asking they're not asking you about your pharmaceutical consumption. So the reality is we try to on the advocate and legislative side treat it like medicine. So they don't necessarily have the right to question your medicinal value if that gets it's a gray area working for the guy. Oh, those are the right to carry today, so we need to have a CCW. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right, so we're right to carry today. You can purchase a gun at any time. We used to need a CCW in order to purchase. Now, like, those different types of cats are no longer there. So, like, you think you took a private deal, if you took up the gun show, Just regarding that, you guys, this is like a little side note that I always like to add. If you get pulled over or you encounter a police officer, it is your absolute right to shut up. And you should. Where are you going is not a question. You don't have to answer where you're going, what you're doing. You just have to give them your driver's license. That's all you have to do if you get pulled over. Really don't say anything. And if you are detained or otherwise, then your attorney would have told you the same thing and he would be really happy that I gave you this advice today. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> 
Okay, that was Abrama Keys. She is the executive director of the St. Louis, uh, the Greater St. Louis Chapter of Normal. And she also runs a company called We Can, where she puts businesses together with other individuals and she connects communities. So definitely check her out. She's on Facebook. Um, I'm not sure who the next speaker is, but we're just going to sit here and I'm going to do my thing while we wait for the next speaker. Right now, Brennan is uh, speaking. Let's remember that we're in Missouri right now, so everything that we discuss is Missouri law, not federal law. If you want to know more about the laws in your state, you can check out normal N-O-R-M-L. And there's one in your state. There's a chapter in your state. I promise you that. And if there's not one, you can start one. Yes, you can start one. There's one in your state, but there's not one in your town. There's one in your town. You can definitely start one. Yes. We need people to be involved. So involve yourself. Yes. Sorry about the camera angle here. Morning, might be next. So, Every, every time somebody comes in here, they're like, are you guys giving away free marijuana? Because <laughs> our bag is so loud. Just free smells. Free smells. Free smells. Free smells. <laughs> so loud. We're not. Let me see his face. <laughs> And I'm so I'm so nose blind sometimes. Uh, are we judging you? Yes, we are. Minorities can do in the cannabis industry just in this room, and I love that you guys are having lots of conversations and connecting. Um, after he talks about that, Marnay has actually got a great presentation on resume building. And there in your folder, there are some, uh, there's a list of questions. Um, if you go to um, a cannabis industry interview, there are some potential questions on there and kind of how to, you maybe how to respond to those. Um, I'm going to let Jason get started. Are those Delta 8 goodies kicking in yet? 
Anybody? I don't know. I don't think we have. All right, sweet. Sweet. Um, all right. So real quick, I just wanted to run down some of the, the baseline opportunities that the cannabis industry affords us as uh, employees and or employers. Um, you know, a lot of what I learned was in the dispensary at first, uh, engaging it as a patient. So I moved into that world and realized quickly that there was just this endless potentiality for what I could do with the plant and how I can engage my community, my peers, uh, doctors, education, the whole nine. So it really started in 09 and, and I looked at uh, what the opportunities are in, a, in, in the dispensary. And you could, you could be a simple behind the counter technician, uh, they're referred to across the country, bud tenders, bartenders, uh, patient technicians, so many different variations. But really that lead is you are the connection to the patient's need in in the plant medicine forum. So it's a it's a very for me it was a very rewarding experience because I was a patient first to be able to engage one on one with somebody and help them solve a problem uh, in their life, which was huge for me. Um, I've got people who never want to deal with patients and they are great at inventory control in the dispensary. They're great at compliance in the dispensary. There are so many, so many different variants of opportunity. Um, and then that travels into the other license holders in your state, whether they be manufacturers or they be growers, right? But even still in, in, the, in the dispensary model, what I'm starting to see a lot more in the last, say, two years is this community outreach and engagement portion that the dispensaries are taking on mm -hmm. to be more connected to the environments that they're building uh, stores in. Um, so you've got that model in the dispensaries. You move into a grow or a manufacturing, you've basically got the same introduction. You've got a, a, a manufacturing worker, you know, whether you're an assistant to a grower, all the way up to master growers. Um, and I wanna make sure people know that because you haven't had 10 years legal growing experience doesn't mean that you can't translate in your resume that you have growing experience. Okay. Uh, as long as you can translate with proper verbiage, I was, you know, I'm able to grow this plant. I've grown this plant for this amount of time. These are my experiences, successes and failures. It translates fairly well. Um, we just don't want to come at it like I've had this black market grow in my basement for, if you want to really perfect, and, 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 and Marneo run that through, you know, there's a lot of ways you can present this in a way that we have the skill set. We want to now convey it to the license holders that you deserve, you, you want us in your environment. Um, same for, you know, accounting that we talked about this earlier, the simple skill sets that, or the complex skill sets that you may have in marketing or accounting or, I mean, those are things that from a, a person of color perspective, the industry needs more normalization of marketing uh, and, and not, you know, only having images of people of color consuming blunts in a hip hop forum or in a, like, really normalize the consumption of plant medicine more than it just being this culturally appropriated cool thing, 
Um, and I don't think you can get that unless you get that from, say, a black marketing firm. You get that from somebody who really relates to what it should look like and feel for them. Um, so marketing, uh, we started uh, the first black, the black owned security company existed. We moved into, we were the first round license holders in Pennsylvania. We approached these gentlemen about being cannabis specific in their, in their expansion. And they're now one of the largest, uh, if not the largest security company in PA and moving into other states. And they're a black owned business from the very beginning. So to me, again, it's prioritizing where you can, you know, get in where you can fit in. And the idea that the state required us to have security on site, these security companies existed, melding them into moving, uh, into securing cannabis was a natural progression to me. The same when I look at some of the other faces in this room, we've got um, people who specialize in logistics and delivery, right? There was a black owned, there is a black owned business in this state that was running medical equipment and, and logistics and delivery. And it made perfect sense for him to move right into the contracted cannabis delivery system. So he now leads the forefront at uh, logistics and delivery in the state, and he's black, it's a black-owned business, and the state wants to now use him as the example on how to do this properly. So I remind everybody that really when we talk about opportunity, it's limitless in what we could offer. Okay. Gentlemen like Eric behind you understands that it may be in uh, creating an advocacy, an advocacy group or an organization that pulls together resources for the patient. Or, I mean, again, I, I think what I've learned over the years is we don't know what we don't know until we're standing there and realizing what isn't filling the gap and how we get there. Um, so I'll take any questions, but like I said, there are really some amazing examples of the sponsors and the participants in this room uh, on all levels of businesses that are plant touching, not plant touching, that are all thriving businesses in the cannabis industry. So there's a lot of uh, potential opportunity. And I want to make sure we are uh, at the front of that as people who've been affected the greatest by it. That's what I want to add to uh, your marketing piece. Yeah. Um, so my business is structured, I said that I have a, a, a St. Louis Cannabis Club, which is a, a uh, it is a resource network connecting people with experiences and events and products. Uh, and I also have the lounge. Um, what my business is at its core is an experiential marketing environment. So I'm creating experiences and spaces where brands have opportunities to have authentic experiences with potential consumers, and where consumers have opportunities to have a safe and authentic space to. Check out what brands and, and products are coming onto the market, or growers, or you know, uh, or um, uh, any other of the ancillary services that come into it. Right. So one of the pieces that I looked at is with the cola and with the St. Louis Cannabis Club was uh, the importance of lifestyle branding, and that for me, um, I was building my brand and what was authentic to the people and to the culture that I related to. Uh, so that I could create an identity for something in the language, and in a tone, uh, in a dialect that they understood. 
And so whatever your market uh, or whatever your interest is, um, you know, a lot of people say, well, I want to get into, I really love making cannabis edibles. You know, so I want to I learn about, more about CBD-infused foods. Um, but if you just put a brand on the market with no story, uh, with no mission, with vision attached to it, then you'll just get caught in the loss of all these other brands that you're trying to make your way onto the shelf. Uh, but whatever your position is and whatever your entity is, uh, the importance is in your, your story, in your mission, in your vision. Uh, because if you can identify those pieces, um, no matter whether you're coming from transportation, whether you're coming from marketing or cultivation or, or you know, uh, food, whatever it is, uh, people are going to identify with how they relate to you. And that's a piece that a lot of major brands miss because they can't go 45 and push beer to cannabis industry because there are too many pre-existing sub-tribes and subcultures that exist. And if you know your tribe, if you know your people, or who you're trying to communicate with, whatever your product or your brand is, you can just authentically connect with them. Well said. Please. I'm thinking, I want to know more about the real estate aspect of it. Uh-huh. It's other things I want to learn, so I'm going to stick with something I really want to Yeah, know. no, that's a great question. Uh, and, and, and that's something that I'm really passionate about real estate because I know that's, that's money coming in and out. Constantly. And also, I want to make sure it was a safe haven for people to come in and, you know, to live there, not only affordable living and they'd be able to grow their cannabis at the same time. And also, want to have something to do with the storage unit, you know, with you know, you say you might not want to live in my complex, but I have storage unit. Come in for our safe ends if somebody comes in a trap. That's a hugely good idea. You see no, what I'm saying? So see, like I recently had to rent a house and I cannot find anybody that would let me grow. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you see, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm just, so so two things, way. two things. Brilliant idea. Brilliant idea. What I have learned in the industry is. Better to be safely guarded with the amount of information you would share I guess. about your intellectual property. She's right. It's a, you, you, you automatically see these gaps that aren't being filled um, because the industry can barely fill the need it has right now for patients across the country. And it's really doing a, not a, a poor job at that. So that's where advocates like ourselves come in and go, okay, well, how can we do better, right? And, and real estate is a huge, uh, if, you, if you're already in the real estate market, then all you're really looking to do now is see what complies with industrialized cannabis dispensation or industrialized cannabis manufacturing and knowing your laws and compliance in your state. But that until it becomes a federally supported industry, you're gonna have real estate and then compliance in that state. And that's going to be state to state. It's going to be different every state. Correct. Uh, but it's a, a brilliant idea for, for modeling. Some states don't allow any home grow. So there's, it eliminates tons of those states when it comes to the growing conversation, right? So how would I so, try to get a regular real estate license just on payment? You would, you would talk to a mentor who would then take you down the right path. Okay. okay. No, you're good. But that's the, well, you're, you're on the right path. Thank you. We appreciate you coming out. Thank you. Any minority-owned security companies in the cannabis nation here? In Missouri? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody want to? Yeah. Okay. I'm a security. Um, the last time I was in Missouri, I was in Missouri. 
people that integrated from clubs and stuff. So I literally the consultant for the minority community. So every single person that had a small business in the last two years, I've told them to integrate cannabis services in their company. So from edible makers to real estate agents, I work with compliance and legislation across the board to give them a turnkey business plan as well as help with the finances. Yes, so I'll make sure it's going to have some resources. Um, you definitely ask great questions. I'm really excited about it. Everyone say real estate is the prime, it is the most lucrative, it is the most focal point in the industry right now. You have four different, I'm going to say two. Sorry about that. Um, so, afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon. Marnie, Madison, if um, those of you that came in weren't um, here earlier. Um, so, I am based as a cannabis business consultant oh gotcha oh i don't um i'm not going to do a presentation today oh, no 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 yeah so um we're going to talk about resume building um because obviously there are companies here that are offering jobs today as well as accepting resumes so it's very important that we understand how to craft a resume but also how to nail an interview in the cannabis industry um, so we're first going to explain the difference between a medicinal market and the adult-based recreational market. Um, so in front of you, you guys have a resume. You all are Jack Herrera Jr. today, so congratulations. You are really famous people. Um, sorry to those of you who do not identify with Jack, but he is you for today. Um, so one thing that both um, just sorry, Jason, I believe, Brennan, so many other people uh, touched on. This is a new industry for everyone once a state becomes legal in either medical or recreational. So some of you all have the opportunity to be some of the first in your states or, you know, in your cities to uh, roll out an ancillary cannabis company. Uh, one thing specifically here in Missouri that I stress to a lot of, you know, students and clients and even those that are looking for future um, employment opportunities, your verbiage and your vernacular, your, you know, um, choice of words are very important when you are communicating and engaging with the community and the patients inside of this medicinal dispensary. Um, I know some people may have had the great opportunity to travel out west, you know, um, after its forefront. So we are accustomed to a very lax culture inside of cannabis. Well, then you travel towards the Midwest and you get to Missouri, where we are considered uppity, bougie people, um, but we definitely um, are very stern inside of the professionalism. So understand that once you are going into these interviews, it is very important to understand um, the vocabulary that you need to um, relate to some of the products as well as yourself. You are not a bud tender. Um, I don't know, you know, I, I know what buds are, but inside of a medical dispensary, it is important to understand that this is medicine from every part of this plant, okay? So most patients that are walking into this medicinal dispensary are probably here for the first time. So you are the first person that they are trusting beyond that recommending physician that they just got this certification through. 
So it is important to know that you have to understand um, some of the properties that are inside this plant. I stress to everyone to take a course on some type of cannabis science or intro into the endocannabinoid system, which some of you may see as an acronym ECS, okay? Mm -hmm. So it is very important that you are able to distinguish some of those uh, products in relation to conditions or illnesses that a patient may be going through once they walk into that store. So I also learned for myself, actually, uh, last week, not sure if some of you guys follow me on Facebook, um, but I was doing a bit of trivia. So I asked, was it cannabis or cannabis? Because that is definitely something that I hear quite often in the industry. Um, I hope you all would say that it is cannabis, B-I-S. Um, but I also uh, followed up with the next question of, is it strand, as in a strand of hair, or is it strain, as in a strain of a species or a strand of a virus? Okay, so everyone's strand, S-T-R-A-I-N. Yeah, I spelled that right. <laughs> it's been a minute, no. Um, but I actually, um, I received comments from, you know, a lot of people that I respect in the industry that are growers. And I learned a new word, um, and it's cultivar. Okay, so I am interchanging that inside of my verbiage, so I am teaching you guys to do the same. So we are going to use cultivar, which is C-U-L-T-I-V-A-R, okay? So it's definitely going to put that professional acumen behind you once you go in as this master grower, because everyone's a master grower. There's so many ways that you can keep this plant alive that I think it is absolutely crazy to coin yourself that, okay? So in my eyes, everyone, once you've done it once, to me, you're a master grower. Good job. So I definitely want you all to keep that in mind once you're going into these opportunities um, and these interviews. So once again, we are not bud tenders. We are patient specialists. We are patient advocates. Um, make sure that you stress that to, you know, your uh, consumer, your patient, and your customers. Um, that is something that, you know, even inside of helping them change their outlook on the environment is important. And I'm sure the companies and brands would respect, you know, the rapport that you have with the patient or the customer. Um, it is definitely important, once again, as I stated, having that free um, uh, there are free courses online that you can get inside of certifications, um, as well as in-house, we host the Canonician uh, courses, which is uh, created as a nationally accredited course by Dr. Regina Nelson. She is currently in Oklahoma, but I do believe court, the courses and most of her work were started out in Oregon. Um, so this is a course that has literally touched every legal state at some point. Uh, we house them um, groups of five so that we're able to prorate the cost. So if that is something that you're interested in getting more education. So inside of this particular course, it touches basis on more so that caregiver home health care integration. So we're going to talk more about ways to become your own canopreneur. Um, but I definitely want to start um, obviously giving you tips on you know, how to come into an interview if that is, you know, the pathway that you're wanting to take in cannabis. Um, I think for growers, 
it is, you know, very, um, it would be a very awesome opportunity um, to, you know, get that skip the hands-on basis, you know, get that um, entry-level experience um, with a cultivation company. So definitely um, I want to focus on the resume that you have in front of you. With Jack Herrera, he is wanting to be a bud tender, trimmer, or grower, okay? So um, in that first paragraph, just as any standard resume, we're going to talk about how awesome we are, the skills that we possess. If we do not have experience already in the industry, we're going to explain how we are very quick learners, we are team players, and we would be a great asset to the company based off of all the experience and qualifications we have. Um, so think about it as a bud tender or a trimmer, some of you could have been helping, you know, your mom or grandma in their garden since you can remember that is that you are a landscape artist. You know, you are someone who is able to manicure and grow and, and help the plants grow as well. You may not have this, you know, marijuana experience, but this is something that they're able to, you know, provide for you if they are interested in bringing in entry level employees. So once again, as Jason stated, you may not have that skill set or experience, but they may see something in you that they're able to teach. You never want to miss an opportunity to be the first one to do something inside of, you know, the company. So never think that, you know, oh, well, I just had that one job for three months. It could have been very relatable, you know, inside of what they are looking for because everyone is building their brand up. So inside of areas of interest, um, basically, you're going to state exactly the type of roles or positions that you're looking for in the company. Um, it could range anywhere from being on-site security for the company, as well as being um, retail specialist. You can be a, a patient intake uh, specialist. If they have a clinic on-site, that may be something to where, oh, you know, I was good as a clerical assistant or as a secretary. I know how to file papers accurately, and I'm very organized. That's definitely something that that company could be looking for. Remember, um, some of these people are stoners. Um, so a lot of business acumen is something that they may lack. So you may think that this company has this structured, organized person, but you may be the missing piece of their puzzle. So definitely keep in mind that no job is too small. Um, and then we're just going to take um, down the further line. We're going to uh, discuss cannabis education. So some of you may not have that right now, but once again, uh, we have several programs throughout the city. So as of right now, I know St. Louis University has a cannabis science program. We have a couple of University is in Oakland, California, um, literally started by some of the first in California to really combat with prohibition. They're really the forefathers of the cannabis industry and community. Um, I am a graduate of Oaksterdam, so I definitely think that those courses, if you're looking into um, getting into growing, Oaksterdam University is one of the most reputable sources in the country. Um, 
Ed Rosenthal is one of the most respected growers um, inside of the industry internationally. Some of the best colas you've ever seen have come from this man. Um, and I am actually very grateful. I was uh, featured in Leafly Magazine for Black History Month just based off of... Thank you. Thank you. And literally, I've only been growing for two years. So, yes, yeah, so these are definitely opportunities that are tangible. So um, don't think that, you know, those positions are too large. Um, so it is awesome, and that would definitely get you, get you a bump up. Um, and once again, vocabulary. I stress that enough. A lot of people will go, and you can have the best resume ever. If you talk to them like you're trying to sell an ounce to someone off the street, then that's definitely not going to be, you know, a good polished professional interview for you. So then I want, oh, yeah. So, well, what questions do we have? Do we have? I know that um, the Midwest Canada demo team is hiring today too. So yes. If you brought your resume, definitely stop by and, and talk to them. Um, what questions do you guys have for Marnie? Okay. Go for it. I'll, I'll, I'll. Also, I was saying I looked. Up, I was looking up in a, on the internet. And I was just researching. Mm -hmm. I saw that that they need more in the beauty industry. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I, 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 no, so you know, she is like, look, I'm not hiring, but you're about to get a job. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So literally, um, I was going, and also real quick, if you did not hear. Like she said, Midwest Canada Expos are hiring for brand ambassadors, okay? This is a great chance for you to expand your knowledge even in products. So being a brand ambassador, you're able to, you know, represent a, the companies that are under those contracts. You get placed inside of several different areas or workshops or events. So then you're seeing a lot of industry faces. So definitely uh, Midwest Canada Expos is a great company to start with. I'm definitely going to be sliding my resume because I need help in this industry too in Missouri. <laughs> so uh, definitely if you are looking for something to offset while you are looking for bigger things, it's definitely a great one. Yes, Jason. It's not just three ladies, right? We're Okay. Love it. They talk about cannabis. They talk about their own personal experience with cannabis. Yeah, we'll make sure everybody's got supply. Yes. And a really great training program when we started at $16 an hour. Yes. Oh, I'm coming. So real quick, and that that's boss lady, and you heard she said patient educator. I'm laying out, and she says that you all are patient educators. So that is something great, you know. Maybe I was listening, okay. Um, I'm definitely going to integrate that into vocabulary as well. Um, but I wanted to definitely let you all know that you know there there are good honest you know companies out here. Um, if you follow me on Facebook, then you definitely know that I am trying to weed out those that are good for our community and those that, you know, do one thing and say another. But I definitely stress to everyone, season an opportunity um, for yourself. 
you know, and making sure that you secure your bag, you know, but also, you know, um, making sure that you are not being led into the wrong hands is what I feel my responsibility is. So I definitely uh, make sure that I refer, you know, reputable companies and trustworthy companies to the community. Um, So with that being said, my favorite part is, it's birthing canopreneurs because I think that you are all capable of doing this yourself because I've already heard so many great things inside of this group that you could be starting tomorrow. So one thing, so I'll start, which we can start anywhere. I'm just so happy. Um, but real estate, we can start there. Um, so we're actually, I did a real estate workshop last um, fall here. Uh, we early last year here um, at, in the um, CIC building. So basically, as um, a home cultivator or caregiver, you are allowed to grow up to 72 plants at home um, if you are a home cultivator. And you are allotted four patients a month. Each patient is either recommended four ounces or eight ounces a month if they have a dual um, certification for that recommendation. With that being said, we just heard everyone stress about how they either can't grow at home or they can't find a place to smoke if they're out on a trip. So I have inside of my firm several different clients who have started either a cannabis Airbnb or a cannabis co-grow house. So if you have... um, here in uh, the city of St. Louis within the last year, which um, I actually own an accumulative of 20,000 square foot of land. I purchased it for my 28th birthday because I lost a dispensary here. And the only reason I lost was because of location. So I felt like my dispensary location was taken from me because someone came in with a bigger check. But if I own the land, you can't take this and I can build from it. So from there is when I learned how to get around and navigate through ancillary companies in Kansas. So you go out, we have the LRA list, which, which is a land revitalization list. And then you have the LCRA, which is in the St. Louis County. So these two lists have all types of housing developments on them. Some of those may need tons of work. So it's definitely where you see yourself as, you know, uh, building expense and starting up from the ground but also being able to purchase a home from a regular home buyer's list as well is an option. So from there, you have two family flats, four family flats, or single homes. Inside of these lots, um, basically, the verbiage and legislation is, is that you are not considered a facility owner if you are growing in a residential property. So in order, in order to be a home cultivator, you have to be growing in a residential property. So... If you have home growers and caregivers, so imagine you have grandma, aunt, or cousin in your home. Everyone's already been at some point buying, you know, this off the corner. Well, you guys have a family business. So you can go in, buy property, and take every two or three bedroom and turn it into its own co-grow. So, yeah, so we actually, we have one... We have one up and running on the south side of St. Louis. Um, it's actually right down the street from the Cola Lounge. Um, so basically, we have a master bedroom. Then one of those bedrooms already has um, the bathroom and everything set up. So that's really suitable for someone who's a high drug grower. So instead of having to hook up hoses through the house and around the back of the house, they have this bathroom inside of their suite. 
So we charge a little additional more if you're a high drug grower. Other than that, if you are a regular grow tent, you definitely have from. So here's where you create your own business model. Okay. So I suggest prices just like I'm a consultant. You will get a business plan that will have the range of, you know, prices, your market, um, how low I think you should go, how high. Definitely. But my range is per room two to three hundred dollars. Because I believe that if we all work together and we all create um, opportunities for each other, then this circle will continue to flow. So two to three hundred dollars. But of course, if you know your market, you know your friends, you know your family, this is a, a price that you can create on your own. Uh, but from there, if you are a cons if you are a client inside of our firm, we actually have a co-grow leasing contract. So I do have an in-house cannabis attorney. So basically, under my as my client, um, I am able to give you advice and I'm able to guide you inside of those ancillary companies based off of the education that I have, you know, learned and that I know from someone who has legal advice. So as we all know, unfortunately, attorneys are in such of a um a limbo with the state of Missouri and facility owners and ancillary companies. Um, my part personally, I would just say that my attorneys are ready to go to war for this point and it's people. So that particular verbiage, um, although it has not been passed by the Supreme Court, just know that I do have people on my team who are still fighting for the patient who are not afraid of what, you know, those um, ramifications come down to. Um, so we do have a um, leasing agreement that you and your um, your property um your property growers and caregivers will basically go over. So you cannot legally sell cannabis for a dollar per product. That is illegal, okay? So inside of, can inside of our cannabis uh, market, you are donating this medicine to a caregiver. I mean, you're donating it as a caregiver to a patient, and you can either donate these, this same product to, you know, other patients that are in the market. So we have created an itemized document. So inside of this itemized document, as a home cultivator, if you are growing for a patient, your patient has signed off on agreeing to donate for your offset of electricity, your grow supplies for the next three months, your pots, literally lights, if you guys are going to go half on it. But this is literally a blank itemized document that you all would fill out and come to an agreement on your own. We would just keep that filed in case, um, you know, there's anything down the line that we need to show documentation for. Um, but there's really no way to, like, provide that for any legal, you know, um, reasonings. So other than that, we're just inside of that um, itemized contract. We're here to support that relationship with the home grower and the uh, the home grower caregiver and the patient. So, for, as far as the real estate side, do you guys have any questions about that? Okay, I'm going to we're going to talk about that on the side. So basically, um, from there, I also like to talk about people who create edibles. Great market. So I am someone who does not eat edibles. I don't eat infused foods, just not my thing. Uh, but I get constant, you know, inboxes and people asking about how to incorporate, you know, edibles into this market. So obviously you cannot legally sell edibles here, like on the street, at an event. I mean, it's, 
not any gray area inside of that. Um, but I definitely support everyone in their business. However, I think that creating an ancillary company from your edibles company to where now you are a kitchenware maker. So you have cannabis geared or cannabis focused kitchenware. There aren't, so you think about a magic butter machine, you could have your own magic butter machine. You know, there's a lot of ways for you to um, put your brand inside of even pots and pans to where if infused pancakes and then they have your brand in the middle of the skillet, you know. So there's tons of ways to add on and capitalize inside of what you're already doing. And then um, as far as marketing, as they um, talked about before, literally, if you put up an ad on Indeed or Craigslist or whatever type of um, job searching platform or seeking platform you're on, you put cannabis in front of it and you already have your five-year skills in marketing and advertising, you'll definitely, especially LinkedIn, if you are not on LinkedIn and you are able to integrate any of your skills into cannabis, I promise you, you will be hired in like two months. I got on LinkedIn last year and I was blown away about how many people inboxed me. Um, I had to turn away a lot of business. Um, but from that, I started writing actually for actual facility applications. So just know there's tons of opportunities for you to, um, you know, scale out inside of what you're already doing. As you also mentioned, the beauty um, industry, which is the top industry. I'm actually going to Bronner's Brothers, guys, because if those people down there don't know that they can integrate CBD into every single thing that they're already selling, I'm going to make sure they know once I leave. So as you all um, should know, CBD is federally legal in all 50 states. So although cannabis is a great industry for people that are really just wanting to get in, but understand there is a branch off into this same cannabis sativa L plant industry, which is industrial hemp and CBD infused products. These, um, these particular properties um, do not have the same compliance and legislation as the THC derived properties do. So even if you are trying to start a THC business, I suggest starting with CBD first so that you're obviously 100% in compliance you're also able to ship to, you know, people in other states. You're able to market and advertise without, you know, uh, you know, worrying about being shut down. Um, you definitely still have banking issues. I'd be lying if I told you you wouldn't. I do not touch the flower and I still get flagged every five months. It's not fun. So I definitely suggest um, thinking for, for, for our head as far as financial, you know, hardships. Okay. I was seized at $7,000, $5,000, $1,000, you name it. They always take it. Um, but I, I get it back, but it's definitely six months later. Um, so imagine waiting for funds that you may not have accounted to be seized. So definitely uh, please take into consideration. So I know I still use Cash App sometimes because honestly, I don't want the hassle. Um, so that's definitely something that you should look into. Um, but as a cannabis consultant, I definitely have um, the entire infrastructure as well as um, basic compliance and legislation. If you're wanting to operate as a home cultivation business 
or any other type of ancillary company. Um, so if you have any questions even about what your specific skills are, we can definitely branch out into, you know, a company or a brand that you're looking to create. So are there any questions? Go for it. She's being flagged because of an algorithm of a, of a, of a word or anything that but they can identify any reason to flag uh. it. And it was crazy. I don't get flagged on Facebook. It's funny because I well, post. In the world. Right. And it's not even that. No words at all. Literally, the fact that there's so many people operating on their platforms that, like, once you start, you're a high risk as soon as you hit 30,000 in a month or two. Like, they don't care. And then that's when they ask you, well, what are you doing? So, I mean, you can fly under. Like, it, it really wasn't until I made a certain amount of months. I was on Square for a year. I almost, well, I, I was on Square for 11 months and two weeks. So I was hoping to get a one-year data grab. I was ready. And they were like, oh, yeah, no. So we're taking your money. You can't log in. Forget your sales. But here's your 1099, you know. So it really, you know, there's, there's people like in Oklahoma. Um, some of you guys know THC2, Winnie and Perry. Winnie and Perry have been cannabis consultants for years. Never flagged last year because they're, they're, once you make a certain amount, they're just like, yep, you're in this industry. So, unfortunately, there's, like but he said, there's algorithms for sure that you can get around. But, unfortunately, finding a financial home or, like, even your bank, I don't suggest telling them that you're a cannabis or CBD company. Right. Go for it. In this state, there are expensive license holders functioning now, so I would assume it took some time in PA, but we eventually had true, open, honest financial support on the on the deposit side, not on the loan side. So there's two, well, I was going to say, there was two banks or financial institutions that offered a grandfathered in time frame. Um, and then once that time frame was met, they, I'll say, lied and said that they were going to accept about 15 new clients. Uh, but I would more so say that it was probably a screened process. No black people got it, but uh, other people did. Um, so I definitely don't think that it is an open opportunity for everyone. Um, and I'm actually, the credit union situation, I've been with the credit union since I was 16. And yeah, she was like, are you sure you want to put in this application? I'm with Navy Federal. So I was like, no, you, you said it twice. So no, I don't. I'm going to refigure it out because I didn't want to lose my account, you know. Uh, but I will say that um, I've heard it from all my clients at some point. Um, as of right now, I'm, you're either going to pay for a percentage of fees on whatever platform that you find that will hold you for that moment. But literally, I don't have you had any... Banking? Yes. My license is asking banking. Yes. Starting with CBD, we just um, were attempting to launch a CBD line. Mm. Squarespace and PayPal are requiring yep. us to produce three months of bank statements yep. that show sales. Mm -hmm. 
well, how do I sell anything if, if no I have no way to process it? Exactly. So this has been going on for six months. Back yep. before. That's why I'm surprised you were even able to get square. And I, and I think what happened was I was on it, um, I think before everyone else hopped on, you know, and then they were like, oh, well, wait, you film is in the cracks. But they didn't even offer me the CBD program. I heard about it, but they didn't even offer it to me. But let me tell you what was so crazy, guys. They offered me a business loan. So I got a business loan from them. So I'm paying them back for my percentage of sales every day. And when they um, kicked me off, they were like, oh, yeah, so by the way, you owe us for this business loan because you breached the contract because your account is no longer in good standing. And I was like, you guys double F me. Like, you offered me this business loan. I'm paying percentage and you kicked me off. So I will say that I've been in a three-year process of creating a credit card processing platform for people like us that have these type of issues. Obviously, you have to have a huge credit card underwriter. So until I get Visa, MasterCard, Discover on the phone, we'll still be trying to figure this out. Um, I definitely suggest Cash App, Venmo, make make it. You can do Sounds it. Sounds up and close. No, so Clover, no. But I know songs up because I got them. Okay. And also, and I, and I, must, I should probably say it, but I'm going to say it. We uh, also, <laughs> I don't know if a lot of people know this about the, the, the Bitcoins and the, you know, uh, Bitcoin, the, yeah. You know, they don't even trace the money. Yeah, but see that's... You can accept it too, I'm sure. Yeah, no. I mean, so, <laughs> so I'll say this, um, so my degree is in accounting, um, so I've uh, been a day trader, stock investor, I've taught everything, I literally bought Bitcoin and it was $3, that is how I've been able to afford my um, cannabis endeavors, okay, I'll say this, it is in, we did what, Bitcoin is at $35,000, right? You know how many people called me because they thought it was going to keep going up, up, up? No. So, like, it's a trend. You know, it goes up and down. The thing is, is that there, that is an imaginary blockchain. I mean, that is not FDIC insured, NCUA, nothing. So, you can pay me $1,000. You can pay me $5,000. I'm going to get it. But if Satoshi decides to wake up one day and say, thank you for this billions of dollars, we all going to be looking like where it's at. So I'm a risk taker, though. Like I get in and get out all the time, but I definitely would not suggest accepting digital currency. Yeah, you got to know when. Like um, I just made what 16k from what just hit, and I can't remember. Um, no, no, no. I just I only won like 2,000 AMC. That I should I should have put more in that. But no, uh, Dogecoin. I hopped in um in November. I got out in February, um, so definitely. But that is not my expertise. There's somebody chilling in here who is a certified stock um, uh, instructor, okay? So let me digress. Series six in the building. So, uh, oh, excuse me. Oh, okay, excuse me. But I will say this. So that is, I'm glad that you brought that up because um, Zach actually teaches cannabis stock investment classes. Um, we've done, I think we've done two um, in the community, but he definitely has his own schedule on elitehomegrowth.com. Um, definitely, if you're ever interested, this man has helped me make a lot of money. And, and if you're around and you know I have, this is a partnership that I am very grateful to have. Zach is a very smart, wise person. He definitely has the industry experience and the financial experience to help us. So um, I try to utilize them as much as possible. Um, but 
other than that, um, I definitely just wanted to um, double back into um, industrial hemp. If that isn't something that you guys um, know about, it is definitely something that you should look into. It is inside of the same cannabis plant that we are talking about. It, it has um, way more industrial um, mm -hmm. opportunities as well as medicinal properties. So when we talk about um, the health component of being able to cure cancer, um, alleviate seizures from epilepsy, you know, to um, alleviate fibroids, all those things, it comes from three different properties that are inside of this plant is the CBD, the THC, and the terpene entourage. So it is very important that you understand the combinations of the properties, even, you know, as a patient specialist or even as a facility owner, it is important to have education, okay? And I will end with patient over profit. And if you guys have any questions, I'll definitely give you information at the end of the class, okay? Okay. Yes. Okay. So, uh, we're taking a little break. We're letting them go out and talk to the vendors right now, the participants, and uh, then we're going to be back for a cannabis 101. But we're going to be back here. Um, I think we might try to step in the podcast room. I really do apologize for the disruption. It was totally my fault. I hit the wrong button. Um, so my apologies for that. I think um, we get to meet our mentees, too. Or I don't know. feel like we lost most of our viewers at that point. Um, so... I started tagging some more people. We can go through. And, like, yeah, so to... if we want to get some more viewers back in here, just let your friends know. But uh, yeah, we're going to be hanging out, take a little break. A um, little shout out to our sponsors again. Uh, Levo Oil is one of our sponsors. You can get 10% off of your Levo by using the code uh, Cannabis Closet 420. Um, my smoke gear go check out my smoke gear if you're looking for a uh, new pipe new grinder uh, we have uh, silicone pipes and we also have um, glass pipes and grinders as well so go check it out mysmokegear.com slash rush slash vgo um, also check out High Council. Um, High Council has a whole list of amazing creators, and I happen to be one of them. Um, so check out High Council to get creator merchandise. Um, www.thehighcouncil420.com. Thank you, thank you, man. Um, we got Don, the cannabis advocate, hanging out over here. These badass figures. These are just amazing. Just want to come say hey. Come yeah. Come say hey. Let's see what's up. Uh, Don, the cannabis advocate. I have two versions of that picture. One with the locks and one with just the bun. So, you know. I love it. I got versatility. I'm a Gemini. Absolutely. You need more than just one of me. Yes, Tuesday. Tuesday is the holiday for me. Yes, Tuesday. Oh, yesterday was my holiday. Yeah, hers was yesterday, you guys, and Jay's birthday was yesterday. She doesn't want me to tell anybody, so she's telling everybody. I'm telling everybody. 
um, Fleur Root Academy, check it out. You can learn all kinds of new cannabis skills. You can learn all about cannabis through Fleur Root Academy. Um, she brings in experts to teach classes like grow classes, for example, or investing in stocks and cannabis. Also, Fleur Root Academy has a clinic attached to it, and Dawn actually runs that clinic. It's in um, Missouri, Illinois, and now in Oklahoma as well. So definitely check it out, 314-465-8516 to make an appointment. Fleurverts.setmore.com is where you can go to make an appointment for Fleurvert Academy. Don't forget that they've rescheduled that Midwest Golf Canada uh, Golf Expo tournament to 710. So definitely go check that out. First annual Midwest Canada Golf Tournament, Saturday 710 uh, at Grand Marius uh, Golf Course in uh, Frank Holton State Park in Centralville, Illinois. Midwest Canada Golf Tournament. Dot, or sorry, Midwest Canada Golf Tournament at gmail.com is where you can find out more information. CQLLC is my company, um, and I work with my friends to provide cannabis consulting nationwide. So if you know somebody in need of cannabis consulting, we are a hands-on consulting company. We'll come in, we'll fix the problems that you have. Or we'll come in from the ground up and make sure there's no problems to fix in the future. You just start right from the beginning. So give us a call. 970-426-5985 is our phone number. We look forward to hearing from you. Our show is also sponsored by B9 Grows. B9 Grows makes it possible for us to stream on StreamYard. We appreciate your B9 Grows. B9Grows420.com is where you can find him. And he also streams every Tuesday on Facebook. So go follow him and set your alerts. Uh, make sure that you're following us on whatever platform that you choose to listen to us on. Uh, we're on several platforms. Of course, we're on twitch.tv slash Cannabis Closet 420, which is our most favorite platform. But you can also catch us on YouTube, Facebook, and we've just been picked up by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts as well. And we do some social media shares on our TikTok and Instagram pages as well. So definitely check us out there. I'm going to leave that up and we're going to take a little break. So hang out and uh, thanks, Nexus, for being here. And uh, we'll be back in just a moment. I'm just going to leave the blank screens up and mute us out.
Hey, hey. Okay. Um, actually, MJ, we're not going to be doing this on StreamYard at all. We're going to be just recording. So, cool. But, yeah, we do need to be back there. It's just we can watch what's going on in here. That's brilliant. Cool. I just can you hear the music? No. Y'all can hear the music. I'm trying to share screen up here. Okay, I'm going to remove myself here. Meet yourself. I have not. Um, actually, MJ, we're not going to be doing this on StreamYard at all. We're going to be just recording. So, cool. this is but, me yeah, talking to me, talking to me. Excuse it. I don't know why you guys can't hear that, huh? That's all up. So I don't know why you can't hear it. Hold on, let's see if you can. What's up, everybody? Thanks for hanging out with us. I'm just trying to see if you can hear this. I can hear it in my headphones, of course, but... So it's at five Anyways, we're gonna um be controlling this from another room. No, I want you to reconnect. I don't know why I can't hear this. I can't hear this. Anyways, anyways, we figure that out later. Yeah, he is. Okay, I'm just gonna go check on Yeah, 
kings are in view. Uh, are they, yeah, you are one of you.
official up here at this podium. Oh, I'm not eating any of those. <laughs> I'm like the tinctures and the oils all day long. <laughs> you know, everyone has that Delta 8 story. So today may be just your Delta 8 story. Yeah. <laughs> You'll never forget it. <laughs> is coming up here. So when I wanted to get into the cannabis industry in Missouri, when I came out of the cannabis closet, I went to a, a hemp staff training and Pharaoh was actually the one doing the training. So she, uh, you know, there's a couple, um, a couple things I'll share today that definitely came from her. And then there's Nugget down there. That Nugget is her little dog. Oops. Sorry about that. So I was going to do some housekeeping stuff. Um, you all have colored folders if you've gotten a mentor folder. Okay. Um, I wanted to let you know that, so Marnay is actually, if you've got a yellow folder, she's going to be your mentor. So I want you to follow up with her. I want you to reach out to her. I think today is not only really important because you get a lot of good information, but you're making connections with people. Marnie will be a good support system down the road, just like all of us will. Um, you got a red folder. You got me. Uh, Farah. Here I go. You, um, green. Do you have a green folder? Farah is your mentor. 
All right. Uh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> We've nominated you as a, as a mentor, Barrett. And then um, Julia was sitting in the back. If you have black holder, that's your mentor. Um, Abrama, right over there. If you got a blue folder, that's who you want to connect with. Of course, connect with everyone. But thank you, Matt. I think that was no problem. That was everybody. So I shared a little bit about my story when I first, or this morning. Um, so I'll I'll go into a little bit more detail. Um, So I actually, someone had asked me during the break if I uh, was a fan of football. And I feel kind of bad because I have to tell them no. So every time I'm watching football, it takes me back to when my son was injured in a football game. And the two years of my life that was completely controlled um, by taking care of him and helping him get well. Um, he, he suffered a, a very bad TBI and uh, like I said earlier, lots of prescriptions, therapy, um, cannabis was what really made him heal. The reason why I'm here today is because I do understand the medical value of cannabis, but um, growing up, you know, I'm an 80s baby. My, my dad actually um, supplemented his income by, by selling weed, and we were able to get a deposit paid on our on our home. Uh, we were able to move out of a, a certain area and we, you know, we were very fortunate that um, he was a guy who was able to do that. Would have that, Who would have never gotten in trouble? So he could, you know, he, if he would have gotten pulled over, um, you know, honestly, they would have just seen him as like a good old boy, um, you know, maybe made one mistake, maybe was just trying to support his family. But, um, you know, he never got in trouble. Like a lot of people, did people minorities um and you know when i talk to patients we're they're just trying to figure out how to legally do this right they're just trying to um understand how big companies are making billions of dollars off this when they have brothers and sisters in prison still for it so that's why i'm here because that's a, a big problem and that's um i want to do something to change it so we uh matt and i do a lot of training we do a lot of training and dispensaries for staff, um, and we do a lot of patient education. So this Cannabis 101, again, probably some information that a lot of you already know. Um, the presentation is in your folder, so take notes, take it home. Um, you know, let me know if you have questions. I'll probably speed through it kind of fast, and I apologize. I'm just not a big fan of reading PowerPoints. Um, a couple other things I wanted to bring your attention to before I do get started. So please, please, please make sure that you've signed in on one of these clipboards. There's one right here. We really want to make sure that we can stay in touch with you. I don't send out newsletters or emails or anything like that, but we think that it's important that we all stay connected, right? Um, so we'd like to make sure everyone gets uh, signed in. Um, not only a big supporter of uh, the, uh, the medical cannabis, but also... Um, hemp and all of the uses for that. I was, I was kind of sick of hearing my patients say, oh, I took this and it worked. And then I took this and it didn't work. I mean, they could, they never remembered anything. Um, so my, my COVID project during the first days of COVID was to put together a treatment journal for patients. So any patients uh, who consult with me, get one of these, 
Um, I do want you guys to, to take a look, check them out, but they're printed on hemp, which is really important to me. And then 20% of the proceeds um, go to support um, the organization that prevents a suicide among veterans. So they are for sale for $10, but take a look, see if you, you know, you want to get one. Um, this is just something that we can do to support veterans. And, but if you're a patient, you'll get one too. So, <laughs> um, overwhelmed with all the choices of just a pamphlet that we give to new patients. I remember being overwhelmed when I was getting started with the medical aspect of this with my son. I just would walk into a dispensary in a legal state and I had no idea, you know, there were 500 things on the shelves. I didn't know what to do. So this is a good brochure. Um, that's really good for, for new patients. So, um, they're out there as well. So I actually want Miss Kay to stand up and introduce herself real quick. So you just walk back into the room. I apologize. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you do with Posy Pots. Yeah. Yeah. Hi guys. Hello. Hello. It's cool. I have to kind of pass it usually. So for everybody else who doesn't know me, yeah, I'm just gonna pass a bunch of these around. Okay, I'll start right here. But um I'm Kiana, I go by Kay, um, and I own Posy Pots and 3D prints. Um, so what Posy Pots are is they are a 3D printed self-watering pot that you only have to water your plants once a month. They come in any shape and any size, any color. But for my cannabis patients, I actually have another company called Pussy Pot, where um, <coughs> for my cannabis patients, they only come in black and green. But uh, one gallon, three gallon, five gallon grows once a week, and you have maximum growth to homeostasis, uh, complete homeostasis, System. You pour the water through the top, it goes down, there's a reservoir on the bottom, there's drainage and aeration through the middle, and there's live soil on the top of all the plants. Worry not, you've got a posy pot. Awesome. Very cool. I do have a question. So, if, 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 you, use, if you use nutrients in your water, yes. you water your plant, and you still use them in the posy pot, and it will still be good for the entire week? Yes. Perfect. All right, and does anyone in here actually have a purple boulder? Okay, so Megan, who's back there with the Cannabis Closet podcast, she's not back there right now, but she's going to be who you want to get hooked up with. Okay, all right. So again, I'm just going to go through this stuff. Um, I'm not going to go through my introduction on that background, but I, I feel like I was born to be a nurse. I was born to take care of people. I love taking care of people, and that's what I've been doing, you know. And for my uh, for most of my career, so I'm actually um, teaching one of the classes at St. Louis University, just like Karen over there. And then I think Chris with Starbuds is teaching a class too. It's been a great opportunity to interact with some students who are really excited about this industry. Um, if you have questions about being a student, I think you should talk to Farah because she's actually enrolled in the program. I love it. So um, Abrama really talked about the history. Um, what I like to do for patients is just talk about um, how long this medicine was used before it was prohibited for medical use. And I work with a lot of older people and they see it as like this new thing. You know, it is new to Missouri, right? You can go into a dispensary and buy it, but using cannabis for medicine is definitely not new. As you can go see, it goes back to 2700 BC. Um, the Hindu Hinduism actually referred to it as um, a source of happiness, joy, and the bringer of freedom. 
I don't know about you guys, but everybody in this world right now needs some peace and some freedom, right? Mm -hmm. To um, just talk about some of the, the players who really brought, um, you know, the benefits of cannabis um, to light. Uh, Sir William Brooke O'Shaughnessy was actually a physician in Europe. He, um, he went to study some indigenous populations in India and saw that they were using cannabis for everything, um, for childbirth, um, for, as an aphrodisiac, for, for gout, for chronic pain, for, for headaches. And he actually brought that back to Europe and said, hey, you know, I think we should start using this. And he published one of the first scientific articles um, on medical cannabis. Um, Dr. Raphael Meshalam, if you have time or you haven't heard of him, I definitely think you should spend some time, um, you know, just Google him. He's known as the father of cannabis research. And um, if it weren't for him, um, we wouldn't know about this system, the endocannabinoid system that I'm getting ready to talk about. He's still alive. Uh, if he comes back to the United States and you have the opportunity to see him, I think you should all take advantage of that because... He's really been doing this, studying this plant in the lab since the 60s. And that's the information and that's the research that we needed so we could make this, um, you know, more legitimate, um, you know, honestly, and more, more valid so people will see it as it actually is medicine. I like to mention Dr. Ellen Howlett. So she was actually um, a researcher at St. Louis University when she discovered the first CB receptors. Um, so that's a big part of the endocannabinoid system. So that's really important. Um, Dr. Lester Grinspoon, uh, he actually believed that, that marijuana and weed was so bad and so toxic and so addictive. He wanted to do research to prove that. And so when he was doing this research to prove how bad it was, he actually noticed and, and found out for himself that, hey, this is not that bad. And he became a huge proponent for it. Um, you know, for his remaining years and um, just died last year. But, you know, another one to um, to look up and, and Google. I just love that picture with this jar of buds. <laughs> Robert Randall was the first um, legal patient in the United States. Um, he saw the benefits of medical cannabis and really fought long and hard, um, really over decades to become that first um, legal patient and, you know, has really... Um, been a huge advocate for this for this industry and for patients. Um, I, you know, obviously, I'm a, I'm a big fan of nurses. So he, um, his wife is um, Alice O'Leary Randall, and she has uh, published a couple books. Um, a nurse, so um, she's definitely someone to follow. Um, Dr. Ethan Russo. He's if you're do if you're doing any kind of research, you uh, Google the endocannabinoid system. You're going to see his name somewhere pop up. Um, just a good name to know. But what I, you know, I, I do like to, you know, share some of the top um, influencers or pioneers in medical cannabis. But what I would really like to see um, is a little bit diversity among these researchers and scientists. So when we're talking about opportunity for everyone, I mean, there's a whole other aspect of, of research and, you know, what people can do. And I want to, um, I want to see more people of color be on presentations like this in five, ten years. All right. So just a list of qualifying conditions. Um, this is really just my um, two cents about qualifying conditions, as though we shouldn't have them. Um, this is a plant. 
Um, you know, people shouldn't have to prove that they're so sick that they have to go out and use this um, psychoactive sub substance to get better. Um, you know, it, it really is hard for a lot of people to admit, you know, a lot of older people, they don't want to be seen as so ill and so sick that they have to rely on something like cannabis. Um, you know, you do have to uh, be diagnosed or have some, you know, your certifying doctor does have to say you have to have one of these qualifying conditions. Um, these are, you know, they're a little bit different in each state, but um, I'm sorry, I'm going to move so you guys can see. And, you know, the great thing about Missouri is that really anyone who wants a card can get a card. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of states out there where you have to be really, really ill and sick, and you have to have a lot of medical paperwork just to get that card. All right. Has everyone heard of the endocannabinoid system? I know we've mentioned it a couple times today. Um, so when I'm, you know, talking to other nurses and and doctors about cannabis, I really like to tell them about the endocannabinoid system because it is, it's a system that we all have in our bodies. It's like the um, cardiovascular system, the neurological system, the respiratory system. It's in every mammal, honestly. And so they understand science and they understand symptoms or <laughs> they understand systems and receptors and enzymes. Um, so this, you know, this system is really important. I think everybody to understand because, you know, we all, um, you know, we're all very different. We're all individual, you know, we all, um, need certain or different amounts of certain things. And, um, just this background information should I hope help, um, you kind of figure out what may work best for you. Um, but the endocannabinoid system is really the system that is responsible for maintaining balance in the body. That's a pretty important system. Um, so homeostasis, also known as balance, um, this system is sending messages um, to all the other <laughs> symptoms, inter systems, interacting with receptors. Um, you know, it's just, it's all over. It's like the, uh, this is the story I always share. So um, my husband likes to fix his our vehicles in the driveway. He just likes to play around with them. I don't, you know, they don't even need anything done with them. He just likes to kind of take them apart, put it back together. I have no idea what he's doing out there for hours besides, you know, getting away from his family. Right. Um, but uh, he, sometimes he, occasionally he has to take it up to like O'Reilly. They have to read the computer. You know, he needs to know, you know, what he's trying to fix or, um, exactly what he's looking for. This endocannabinoid system is like the computer of our car. It knows everything that's going on in the body and it kind of controls everything that's going on in the body as well. All right. So these, uh, these CB1 and CB2 receptors that are all over our body. Um, you guys have just, um, maybe consume some Delta-8 THC. And Delta-8 actually interacts with both of these receptors. Um, it does, you know, have psychoactive effects, as you may be figuring out. <laughs> um, but these CB1 receptors, if you look, if you look right here and you have it in your, in your presentation, but so the THC is typically what's interacting with these receptors in the dark green. So if you look, there's a lot of these receptors up in someone's brain, right? So when um, we've known for years, for decades, that THC is really good at controlling nausea and vomiting. That's, you know, really good at helping people um, manage their pain. 
Uh, we know it makes us forget sometimes, right? It's got that short-term memory loss. Um, that's because THC is interacting mainly with the brain and some other places. Now, CBD, you um, have probably heard, you know, 50 people tell you that CBD, you know, changed their lives or so much better because of it. And I heard the same things too. And I was wondering, how does this one thing, you know, affect so many different conditions? And it's because, and this really doesn't do it justice, but these CB2 receptors are all over the body. But most importantly, they're in the immune system. So the immune system controls um, inflammation, right? Heart disease, stroke, diabetes, chronic pain, arthritis, autoimmune conditions are all related to inflammation in some way. So we can consume CBD and get a healthier immune system because of it. Our body is not going to be creating so much inflammation and it's going to be able to better balance that inflammation. So, you know, when you, again, when you hear someone say, I have this and CBD worked, it's because CBD is really honestly good for most conditions. I take it like a multivitamin. Um, it's just something that, that I, I know that I need. And um, some people may need to take a lot more than me and some people may not need to take as much. So for people who cannot get a card, uh, they live in a state where there's not a medical program or, um, you know, there's all these, all this stuff that people believe, like older people think they'll lose their insurance if they have a medical card. Um, you know, there's people who, you know, will lose their jobs if they test positive. I don't ever suggest um, volunteering that information during a job interview, but um, they cannot consume cannabis. So there are ways to promote the health of this amazing system that controls everything and promotes balance um, with diet, exercise, stress management, and play. We all need that, right? And none of us get enough of that. In um, a study, I don't remember what year it was, but um, they were looking at the endocannabinoid system and the receptors. And so they isolated a bunch of rats because you have to study everything in rats before you get to humans, right? Um, but they noticed that these rats that were isolated versus the ones that were out in the community and with people didn't have as many CB receptors. I mean, it really, the isolation, um, it really has a negative impact on our health. And, you know, the last 16 months, um, I think we're all pretty happy that we're out now. But, you know, this isolation has really affected people. The entourage effect was a, a, um, a term coined by a scientist who saw the value of um, using the, the whole medicine, the whole plant together. And, um, you know, it's really just these compounds and the cannabis plant all working together to provide the most medical benefit. Um, so there's the cannabinoids. So THC and CBD are the most popular. Delta A is pretty popular now. Um, terpenes, of course, those are uh, what you smell when you smell cannabis flower. Uh, we've been using or utilizing these terpenes forever in essential oils. When I talk to my aunt about using cannabis um, and like the smells and, and the different terpenes available, uh, I'm like, you know, you, you're the one who, who sells everyone the essential oils, you know, all the ladies, right? Do you know what that is? That's medicine from a plant. Cannabis has that same medicine. You know, they all have terpenes, right? 
Okay, so I would just like to talk about my my favorite cannabinoids and terpenes um, <laughs> because they all do, you know, provide some different medical value. Um, you know, THC is one that, you know, we should all know about. Of course, it is the one that's responsible for those intoxicating effects. Um, CBD uh, is really, really good for um, inflammatory conditions. Okay. Um, so we see a lot of benefit with that. Um, CBG is probably my favorite for patients because I do talk to people who don't want to get high. You know, I don't want to smoke. I don't want to get high. They've tried CBD. It didn't do anything. Most people say I tried CBD and it didn't work. They took, you know, a 20 milligram gummy a couple times and it, it, CBD just doesn't work that way. It needs time to build up in your system. It needs to be taken on a consistent basis, you know. For some people, it's two or three times a day. But CBG is one that's not psychoactive. It doesn't make people feel feel high, but they can feel the CBG. Okay. You know, they really, their muscles start to relax. Um, it improves, you know, pain, anxiety. So there's a lot of benefits with that. And at, probably in some of the dispensaries and, and some of the growers are um, going to start really focusing on that cannabinoid and making it available for people. CBN is that, uh, that cannabis that may have been sitting around for a little bit. Um, it's, it's what happens when it's been exposed, the cannabis has been exposed to like um, light and, and heat. Um, CBN has lots of benefits. Um, it's actually, uh, they've seen that it's really good for seizures and things like that. So just because it's old doesn't mean it's not good. All right, so what are some of your favorite um, smells when you walk outside? What makes you feel happy? What makes you feel, I mean, makes you feel relaxed? Anyone? The citrus is always making me happy. Yes, right. Matt, do you have a favorite one? Oh, uh, just like she's, I mean, it's <laughs> limey, it's limey. Yeah. Who feels sad yeah. when you're feeling warm? Yeah. Grapefruit. It's just so uplifting, you know? So yeah. <laughs> no, all plants and fruits and vegetables, when we smell them, they make us feel a certain way. And yeah, citrus fruits make me feel happy and refreshed. And um, pining, when I walk into, you know, a, a forest full of pine trees, I mean, I feel like I can breathe. I feel, um, you know, energized. You know, these, um, these are compounds that have real medical value and they're in cannabis. Um, beta carophylline is one that a lot of my patients find success with uh, when they find a, a cultivar high in this um, because it actually interacts with the CB2 receptors unlike the others and it's a potent anti-inflammatory. So this, oh. this one is huge. And then myrcene is the most common one found in cannabis and it's, you know, it's uh, very relaxing. Um, a lot of people use it to help them sleep. There's a Because not only is it costing me money, 
but it's, right. it's, I'm not I'm, I'm not able to work. I'm always on, I've been on bed rest about I don't tell how many months. But I just, That's I'm a, tired. Yeah, and really I get it, so many calls like that. And what I would say to you is um, there's so many different ways that you can consume the different cannabinoids um, that honestly there is a great option for you that you could really use to target that area. Okay. I mean, so let's let's definitely talk after this. Okay. Um, but yeah, the, the different cannabinoids, I mean, CBD is going to be really good at getting that inflammation down and preventing, um, you know, I think... The fibroids, I mean, potentially from getting worse. So we'll. Well, they, they removed them, but they, she was trying to. Well, I don't try to yeah, now you got you, yeah. yeah, weird stuff. Yeah. But I'm just, I just don't want to, I don't want to go through another surgery. Yeah, stuff. I know. I don't think so. We're actually going to talk about the different delivery methods. Okay. So there are a lot of women like you, there's a lot of people um, who have to use either vaginal or rectal suppositories because they really want to target that area. And depend, you know, Whatever you're trying to treat, you may use a different cannabinoid for that. So it's important okay. for someone like you to not go to the dispensary and buy, you know, whatever they have. If it's THC or CBD, because you know they all do different things. So you want to make sure you're putting, you know, you're using the right thing. You know, okay. um, you know, there's so many different ways to consume cannabis. I mean, yeah. every, <laughs> I, but there's pros and cons to all of the different ways, right? And, um, you know, if you're working with people or friends or family members, I'm always asked them, well, how would you like to consume it? Because there's a way you can consume it that way. So there is some dosing information um, in the presentation. Um, I do like to just talk a little bit about this right here. So this would... Yeah, this gets a little complicated for people. You can go buy a bottle of oil that's 30 milligrams. You okay. can buy a bottle of oil that's like 3,000 milligrams of CBD. People have no idea what to do with that bottle and how much to put in the dropper because the FDA has um, really prevented them from, you know, putting guidance on those labels. They just don't know how to use it. Um, so I think, you know, if you go home with any information today, um, try to, is it on this one? It's on the next one. Um, I want you to know how to calculate how much is in that dropper full. Oh, here we go. It's right here. So the, it says right here, oils, tinctures. So there's 30 drops in a milliliter. Okay, so this is a milliliter right here. There's okay. going to be 30 drops of an oil or tincture in there. And then your bottle is going to tell you how many milliliters is in it. Um, so most of the bottles I buy are 30, 30 milliliters. Okay. Um, you're going to find the total amount of milligrams, so THC or CBD, let's say it's 100 okay. milligrams, and you're going to divide 100 by 30. Okay. hundred. The bad about thirty. Because there's uh, going to be thirty milliliters in that bottle, and that is going to tell you how much is in one milliliter, and oh. that's going to be right here. So what is that? Three three milligrams. Yes. So that's going to be three milligrams in this full dropper. I have talked to so many patients and people who they buy something. Um, we're on Zoom. They're holding the bottle up. They're holding the dropper up. They have no idea. There could be 100 milligrams of THC in here, or there could be three milligrams of THC in here. Okay. It's really important that patients understand how much they're taking. 
16 will be 33 milligrams, but based on because I've got people come to me because I manage CBD stores. Oh, yeah, each drop has a thousand milligrams. I'm like, um, I gotta break it to you, bro. It's right, not, you know, you're not figuring this out right, so unless it's a 50,000 milligrams, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 people to really see how much would that be? Um, you know, for people to really start to heal with this plant, they need to understand what they're taking and how what's going to work best for them. So uh, this is this is huge. This is kind of my soapbox. Um, there's just not really clear instructions on the packaging. Um, there's some guide. <laughs> there's some guidelines for pediatric patients and uh, adult patients as well. Um, I started out making a can of oil for my for my son, working with some different. Um, types of flour and cannabinoids and, okay. and uh, I didn't realize that this calculator like these things existed so it's like oh we're going to take an ounce of this we're going to take a cup of this and I would always try it myself you know to <laughs> you know and I had a lot of family members try it you know they um they have some of those those uh, really funny edible stories but um it is important to know again the dose that you're taking so all you need to know if you make home edibles, which is really, really easy. I'm sure all of you or a lot of you in here do this. I know um, Corinne knows a lot about this. Uh, but you just, you take the weight in flour. So if you buy 28 grams okay. from the dispensary, you're going to plug this into this fancy calculator online at that website. Okay. Yeah. Um, you're going to either guess at the THC or CBD or the dispensary is going to tell you. So if I um, were to get a strain six years ago, maybe I just Googled and it said 16% THC. So it's going to be 16%. And then the amount of carrier oil, butter, you know, whatever you want to make it with, let's say a cup, you're going to plug that in and it's going to tell you, um, it's going to give you a milligrams per teaspoon. Okay. And that's important for people to know because I just want to want people to avoid kind of what I had to go through on this. I think it's a spoonful. What we don't want somebody to do is a first time or new user to have a bad experience with cannabis because they won't be coming back. Yeah, and that's what we don't want. When this was maybe their only hope that they had to try to change their life and get some quality of life back and get off of those pharmaceuticals or lower the doses. So dosing is such an important thing for that person. And I like to, um, so I did spend some, some time with a doctor I have a ton of respect for in Maine. He taught me a lot. Um, but, uh, I like to share some of this, this dosing information with people. Um, so a lot of people will go in and, or they'll, they'll have a, a pre-roll or a joint or the load of all. Um, you don't have to consume the whole thing for new patients. They're taking one inhalation and they're waiting 15 minutes. They really need that much time to evaluate how effective that one inhalation is going to be for them. Um, I mean, this is, 
you know, most people don't realize that you can get some uh, effects from one inhalation, right? So it's just the whole start low and go slow um, and kind of, you know, start on a really low, low dose. And then you're going to find what works best for you that doesn't, okay. that doesn't cause a lot of um, negative side effects, but that provides the relief you need. And it's a lot cheaper if you start low, right? <laughs> and you find something that's um, not going to find a dose that's not going to cost so much money. All right, dude, I'd like to talk about dry herb vaporization. Uh, dry herb vaporization is probably the safest way to inhale cannabis. Um, you know, every time you, you light your lighter, you know, next to your mouth, I always, I always share this and then apparently Matt, every time he lights his, uh, his one hitter, he's like, oh, he remembers this, but I mean, you're inhaling all that, you're inhaling all that butane. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, we don't want to be inhaling now when you see that like black cloud of smoke come up. I mean, you think if you're lighting something, I don't know, 15 times a day, it's probably not that good for your lungs. Um, Dry air vaporization, it doesn't smell. You're not producing a big cloud of smoke. Um, you know, there are a lot of people who do like it. Uh, and, you know, I think it's really like good medicine because a dry air vaporizer, so this one is like, you know, the old school one they used in like the, the clinics in the 70s, the doctors were using. Um, you can probably get that now for like $35. <laughs> but uh, you can set the temperature depending on the cannabinoid that you're really looking to get those effects from, and also the terpene. So when you're lighting something on fire, you're kind of burning up a lot of those beneficial cannabinoids. The majority. Yeah. Right. When you burn it, you're losing the majority of the beneficial cannabinoids in the plant. Yeah. So uh, well, I just want to add that. With the vaporization, you get dual use out of your plant as well. I've seen a lot of people mm -hmm. be able to pull the cannabinoids out at certain temperatures and temperatures and smoking it, and then take that vaporized flour and put it in the butter and reduce it, and pull more cannabinoids out of that way. The cannabis. So yes. In your coffee grounds. Yeah, that's my favorite one. Put Stay it in your coffee, coffee grounds. Um, so for people who have been smoking, and I'll be honest, when it comes to inhaling cannabis, I don't always use a dry or vaporizer. Um, but for new people who are really trying to, um, you know, do this the healthiest way possible, I always discuss this option um, with them. But for smokers, it takes some time getting used to. You know, you're used to kind of exhaling smoke, and you're just with this, it's just a little bit different. It's not as exciting. Yeah. Is dry food safe for oil? Yeah, it is. Um, so we have just been consuming oil um, by vaporization for, I don't know. Uh, Jason says he saw the very first one ever um, what in Colorado in what year? Okay. So that was only 10 years ago. So we just don't know the long-term consequences of inhaling a bunch of, you know, whatever. A lot of times... You know, we don't know. So I would say, um, you know, most patients do pretty well with it. Um, but uh, just to be on the safe side, just, you know, everything, you know, in moderation is probably key. If you're, you know, sucking on that vape car, you know, 40 times a day, you know, you may be more susceptible to some negative effects. 
you know, as opposed to someone who takes like four heads a night. All right, so just uh, one thing that we we stress when we do, um, you know, patient education and dispensary education is um, patients really have to start with the dose that's going to be best for them, and that may be different than somebody else. Um, that start low and go slow. Um, to be most effective, you know, for my patients who really start to see a lot of benefit and they really start to feel good, uh, they're not just smoking, they're not just using oil, they're using a combination of different things. So they may use inhalation when they're in a significant amount of pain or when they're trying to go to sleep, but they may need to consume an oil with THC in it a couple times throughout the day. Um, it's kind of uh, also known as like layering or stacking, but you really want those cannabinoids in your system around the clock. You want to prevent the pain. You want to prevent the anxiety. Um, it's much easier and much cheaper to do it that way than to um, feel those symptoms and try to, you know, take something um, to, to battle them. So, so short and long acting delivery methods. Um, if you grab one of these, it'll tell you how long it usually takes before you feel the onset and then how long it usually lasts. And so there's, yeah. All right, labels are extremely confusing and they're gonna be different in every single state. Um, there's not a lot of people who are new to cannabis who could read um, or see that and know what that even, any of that stuff actually means. Um, so if you have the opportunity to work with patients or work with someone, I think it's really important that you start to talk about some of these things that you may see on a label. Uh, older people, no, I mean, the print on these things are so, so small. Um, it's just, uh, it's really unfortunate that we haven't done better with something that's medical. When I go to the pharmacy to get a prescription, you know, I usually get like a big book, right? I know it's a waste of paper, but that stuff is in a size that I can read and that most people can read. You can't do that with medical cannabis products. Okay, so certificate of analysis, regardless of what cannabinoid or what um, cannabinoid product you're consuming, um, you wanna make sure that you're looking at a legitimate, uh, legitimate lab report. So that is going to show you um, not only the, hopefully the percentages of THC and CBD and terpenes, um, but it should tell you that it tested negative for some of these um, things that we don't want to consume, right? Pesticides, I don't want any of those in my body. Heavy metals, pathogens, I, you know, I think that we really need to do a good job making sure that we are offering that information to patients and that as patients we're asking for it because when you concentrate like an ounce of flour into a really small amount of something and it's had pesticides in it i mean you're concentrating those pesticides too and you're you know we just uh, you know don't don't want to expose our body to something potentially toxic when we're trying to heal ourselves All right, managing side effects. You guys having any side effects from the uh, the Delta Eight? Just making me sleep. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, people are. Yeah, oh. some people are uh, really worried about you know 
feeling too high or, um, I mean, honestly, you know, I've had a couple of those experiences where I'm like, oh, I probably overdid it. Um, and then I just have to remember, you know, of course, no one's going to die. No one has ever died from overconsuming um, THC. And you just kind of got to like go with it. You know, I always say find someone um, or talk to someone who you feel um, safe and supported by. Do something fun. Just go with it. It's not, you know, you're not going to die. Or, you know, it's, um, it, but it can be really, really overwhelming, especially with these highly concentrated THC products that a lot of new patients are getting their hands on. Really uh, emphasize the psycho, the psychoactive leading that. When you overload that, it's in your head. And I hope very smart people in the room, medically trained, feel like they were dying in their head. No symptoms, pulse is fine, no temperature in your head. I think. So remember, psychoactive is what it means. It's really plugging in that. So there, there's not a lot of science on um, how to kind of counteract these uh, the psychoactive effects of um, THC. But what I've read and what I think does work for people is if um, you know, obviously breathe, do all this good stuff, but. If you uh, feel like you're you're too high after eating an edible, you know, eat something that has a lot of like good healthy fiber in it, um, or you know, maybe something with some protein, something that's going to slow down the metabolism of that THC that's in your stomach. If you've ever had an edible and you don't feel like it's working enough, maybe consume um, some some sugar or drink some juice, and um, that may speed up the metabolism of that THC, and you know go out to your bloodstream. So there's lots of things that people can do for those, those side effects. All right, so that's it. They, they told me that this took two hours last time, so I was uh, determined that I was not gonna let it take two hours. So. <laughs> well, half an hour has been completely yeah. Yeah. Now, I, um, so I have a lot of, uh, you know, Everything I do is because of the, the people who I have worked with. Um, so we decided to go out and do dispensary training because we talked to people all over the country who were not getting um, the education or support um, that they needed when they went into a dispensary. Um, we do this uh, something similar to this presentation um, for patients who are new. Um, so this is a lot of it is just kind of what I've learned and kind of what works for people. Um, so that's typically the information I share. I'm totally open for questions anytime, uh, but I <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to you know take the full two hours because I know there's parties to get to and stuff like that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a long day for everybody. I want to make sure all the attendees um, know that. We really appreciate you spending the whole day with Oh, I appreciate you having me. You guys should be really proud of yourselves for, you know, investing this time into I'm yourself. Not, I'm not going to excuse you guys yet, actually. Yeah. Sorry. But well, I'm going to have you come up because I don't think you were in here when I did the mentor thing. Oh, you did that? I was going to do that. Oh, no. Oh, are you? No, I was just calling uh, Megan and Farah. 
Oh, okay. So the folders. That was the announcement yeah, I made. Okay. Oh, here. First and foremost, people attending went through her. We have certificates for everybody mm -hmm. who sat yes. and, and got educated. So at least you have something that says we went through the process. I put on my resume.
or even stated, your whole, your whole tree is good. So now you have to use your hand to do this, all in your own meditate. So I, this is kind of all the things you learn on my on my platform yeah. on Facebook. Check me out. So lot Thank you, Levon. Honestly, you're a great support to the community, and you work with patients based on on what their needs are. You know, you help that guideline solution. A lot of people would have said, I don't know. You know, sorry, I can't help you. But I actually had Eric come back in the room. He was here this morning when he introduced the caregiver caregiver program. A little bit off, but I did want him to take another moment to talk about that caregiver program because, um, it, you know, anything that I tell people or anything that I um, present is all based on research and science. And this caregiver program um, does the same thing. They make sure that people know, you know, not only how to uh, provide care and the services to patients, but that they know the right information to be passing on to patients. So I'll let him introduce that. Right. Right. And uh, again, to start off with, uh, this isn't a certification you need to have to become a caregiver. Um, think of it as a professional certification. You know, it costs between $100 and $250, whether it's foundational or advanced, okay? Uh, but after folks have reviewed, and we have a study guide that's free online, we've got a pamphlet at the table. For folks who have reviewed the program, dispensary owners, um, you know, folks in the industry, it, it's fairly rigorous, right? Uh, there's a lot of knowledge on there, and it is focused on the caregiver who is a cultivator, right? A caregiver who actually cultivates for the patient as well. Um, we decided to take that back because um, regardless of what else the industry is doing in the state, every caregiver can have three patients, right? Statistically, in states who have home growth situations, one third of all the patients tend to grow at home. So the math works out. We wouldn't even need a dispensary. We wouldn't need cultivation operations. I'm not bagging, okay? I'm, you know, I'm a cannabis industry association, so you know that's that's totally cool too. And there's there's a place for it, but we can self service in this industry as well. So I think it's really important. Uh, and there there are gotchas, right? Uh, not just in terms of helping the patient find their treatment, right? Because you're not going to treat them, okay? I'm a caregiver, but I'm not a healthcare provider, okay? So I have to know where my role stops and where April starts. And I need to have a good idea of where April's role then stops and a doctor's role starts. Because there are certain questions that neither one of us should be answering, okay? We cover some of that in the certification program as well. Um, but even more importantly, it is, you know, how do you, how do you find a patient, right? Or how do patients find caregivers, okay? How do, whenever I find a patient, how do I engage with them in a meaningful way so that we both understand what the deal is, right? What can I expect out of this relationship? Because it's a relationship, okay? Um, am I going to, am I going to get some medicine right away, first day, okay? Uh, what condition am I going to get that medicine in? How much medicine? How often? You've got to really got to want to think through these things and establish those things up front because if you don't, then maybe their expectation is different than reality. And now all of a sudden they think uh, you're jipping them, right? You, you're shorting me, man. What's going on here? And now they're mad. Now they're going to maybe blast you on social media and it's going to, you know, 
hurt your reputation, which is you know what you're after. So we're out here to try to help people. So there's all these finer details, and I'm not trying to scare anyone. Okay, I'm not trying to scare anybody at all. Right? The best way to go out there is just get out there and do it. You know, think about these things. There's a lot of resources that you can study into. Um, but you know, our certified caregivers then have another group, a certification group, where we sort of mentor each other, help each other out. Uh, we have foundational, advanced, and then distinguished caregivers. But we don't have any distinguished caregivers yet because to be distinguished, you need to be advanced first, and then you have to have a year of give back as an advanced caregiver. So in other words, you've got to mentor somebody for a year. You've got to serve on our caregiver board for a year, our committee. You've got to give free uh, educational seminars like this. At some point, somewhere, and there's lots of opportunities to do that. We can help people find it. You know, but you've got to give back to the community in order to become distinguished. Okay, so, um, you know, it's, it's sort of been a, a passion of mine. It's been, you know, sort of, I feel like it's my magnum opus. I sort of drove it from the beginning uh, because I really, as I got into it, I knew way more people than I could take care of, right? I, my mom, my dad, my sister, my wife. You know, each one of them have four or five friends right. who need medicine, right? And I knew that as we rolled out this program in the state, it's going to take some time for the cultivators to get their act in order, for dispensaries to open up, all that other stuff. So in the meantime, 90 days, you can be growing at home and have medicine in your hand, okay? We don't have to wait for all the rest. Everything else is there that we need. So it's been a passion of mine. Um, Take a look at it. Again, it's optional. Even if you look at the study guide and you sort of go through these things and develop an understanding of those things, fine. You know, take the test. You get a completion certificate for the test. That looks good for, you know, dispensary operators, for uh, cultivation operators, whenever they're hiring entry-level positions, that's going to look good on your resume. For patients. You, it looks really good for patients, right? And it looks yeah. good for patients. Yeah. You know, and I tell my patients, you know, we give you a logo you can put on your website or a business card uh, that you're free to use. Whenever I tell my patients, yeah, I'm, you know, basically a professionally certified caregiver, they go, wow, you know, that's great. Now they can trust that I know what I'm doing. I'm not going to be giving them something with heavy metals in it. I know which pesticides to use and not to use. So uh, anyway, uh, pretty valuable. I, you know, you should at least take a look at it, at least understand it. Uh, the information's out there, mocia.org uh, slash caregiver. Uh, it'll be good to, and if you have any questions, of course, just, just ask me. Good stuff. Don't let it undersell it. It's definitely um, an upgrade. You know, again, this, this state, I mean, literally has the Talk a little bit about 
what are the reimbursement uh, legalities? Every state's a little different. Sure. Caregivership in this state isn't necessarily a, a business model, right? You can't necessarily make a profit on it. No, you can. You okay. can. Okay. So, so here's here's how it works. All right. So the yeah. question the question is, you know, how how does how does the buying and selling and all that stuff work? Number one, here's the number one rule. As a caregiver, you do not sell weed. Absolutely. You do not sell weed whatsoever, okay? Whenever the patient signs you up to be their caregiver, those six plants that you grow for them, those are their plants, their medicine. However, that don't happen for free. You know, there's lights, there's soil, there's time, my time, there's water, there's nutrients, there's this, there's that, there's storage, there's carbon filter, there's all time. Time and how much time? What, what do you want? What do you want? Twelve dollars an hour? Fifty dollars an hour? What's your time worth? So what you're selling is a service, okay? And you can make money on that service, perfectly acceptable, right? Uh, we can show you as part of this program. I can share spreadsheets with you that help you uh, understand what your costs are, okay? Understand what how much time you spend uh, in the grow, in their grow. Uh, and then determine how much that costs. And you know what? If you happen to prorate it by the ounce, that's just going to make sense to the patient, okay? Uh, I have patients where I grow one time a year for them. That's it. And then I keep that product for them until they're ready for it, right? And then just sort of dole it out slowly. But maybe they're low-usage patients, and they don't need all that. Um, so, again, you're selling a service. You're selling your time. You're not going to sell weed as a caregiver in Missouri. Uh, <laughs> only dispensaries can sell weed. Okay. Right. And that kind of goes into like what Barney was saying too about the verbiage you choose. Exactly. The verbiage you choose can make you or break you. So important stuff to learn. Yeah. Is that, is that pretty clear? Yeah, I thought you would work for the government. That's like, no, 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 no. No, no, I'm not a government official. Okay. We work with those folks, at least, you know, whenever they let us. Okay. Because they're not always very agreeable. Uh, they got a lot to do. That's fine, too. Um, but, yeah, this is, this is advice that we've gotten from lawyers as well. Uh, you've just got to be able to show, you know, for my patients, I charge 150 an ounce. But I don't charge it for the week. I just, I just happen to know that all my costs come down to about 132, 75, oh, you know what I mean, so per round. The entire cost of your manufacturing, not the, what it costs for you to grow your plants for. Yep, that's what it costs to grow it for you. You know, based on average yields and all that other fun stuff, you know. So step one is to get out there and start doing it for yourself. That's right. Then you can figure out what your costs are. Right out of the gate, get some experience to make sure you can actually provide quality medicine for a patient. And then you start providing, you start signing up patients. Hopefully in the future, if we have our way, we're going to expand the caregiver program. So instead of caring for three, we can care for ten patients. Okay. Can I get on your wait list? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. I, but be aware, too, that this isn't, um, you know, at three patients, you're not going to be able to survive on that all alone as sole income. Okay? Not at this point. That's why we want to move it to ten, because you could make a modest living with ten patients. Okay. Um, how, addition, many, how many plants would that be with 10 patients? Um, you know, <laughs> hot quiz, math. So oh, no, there's math in my head. So it's going to be 18 plants per patient. So 180 plants. 
18 times 3? Yeah, so 54. There you go. Yeah. Real quick, you say 18, that means that every patient stays on the grocery clips themselves at every stage of. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Six cuttings, six veg, six flour. Yeah. And you become a caregiver, you get one patient that's 612. Now you grow six for you and that patient. You get another patient, you grow six for you, that patient, and that other patient. You get another one, you grow six for you, that patient, that patient, and that other patient. Then that's six and every that's I set in two plates. So there's 24 every state at that point, you've got you and three patients. Yeah. So being a care, being a registered caregiver doesn't take away your six plates either? No. 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 So you can you can have three patients plus yourself. Okay, it's not a problem. Uh, there are some limits to space in that room. You got to put yourself in two patients in one room. Then you got a separate locked room for that last patient. It gets a little squirrely. We're going to try to fix that too. So that's 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 who we It was it was written into the Constitution that only three particular lock facilities. But other wording said you can have three plus yourself. So. We're like, I don't know. Yeah, it's a little silly, but uh, you know, it can work. Usually, what I do since I'm a patient too, I just keep two patients plus myself. That way, I've just got that unlocked facility to, to work with. But you could, you could be, you know, and there are other things too, like uh, you can cultivate at somebody else's place. Okay, that's legal. You can do that. You can cultivate in your place and then have somebody else who lives elsewhere also cultivate with you. One of your patients that you're caregiver for, they can co-cultivate with you, right? I like to turn my patients into cultivators. I, I lost a patient this spring, plus her heart, rest in peace. Uh, I was about ready to turn her into an outdoor cultivator this year. I had five other plants already in there. I was ready to transfer. We are going to change our descriptions on cultivation and move her outside. You know, I, right now I think I've got 10 patients that I've converted into Cultivators for themselves. So, you know, I really like to empower and bring people up and teach people how to do it themselves. I got a question. Um, just because I, I really don't know myself that much, but you know, what would what what are the benefits of somebody that say they can't grow, but they want to help somebody and they become a second a secondary caregiver? So, so if if you have a caregiver, you can't be a caregiver. Right. So, so if so, if I have April grow for me, I can't grow for somebody else. Or you know, you can actually have two caregivers. But if April's growing for me, Matt can be my second caregiver, but he can't also grow for me. But I can, I can take, I can pick up this product for him. You can, can pick up the product from April and yeah, bring it to me. Pick up the product from April to take it to him. So if you had a patient that couldn't was having transportation issues, you can be that advocate still for that person. So, and, and by the way, pro tip, if you have a medical card, your spouse or significant other should be a caregiver for you. Okay? Whenever possible. What we're saying is they can also shop for you, right? Yep. And basically, they're not only producing product for you, but if you're homebound or not. And even more importantly, if you're driving around town and you happen to leave your stuff in the car for some reason, they jump into your car and take off. And they're not a caregiver and they don't have a car, they get trouble. But if they're a caregiver for you, they go, Oh, that's my wife, I'm a caregiver, I'm allowed to have this. Then it's a it's a legal protection at that point. Unless it smells like you just smoked a blunt in the car. <laughs> 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 
to me, it seems like the only, the only in this wonderful system, uh, they require they require all manufacturers in the state to have testing of their products. But there's no testing requirement in the caregiver-patient relationship at all. No, nope. no. Nope. But right? but I do. I, I test. <laughs> After Lamont's opinion, can I get your opinion? <laughs> yes, yes. So, to <laughs> partially address that, okay, well, one, we got to have some testing, more testing outfits come online, okay? Uh, it's good that they didn't because, you know, they just came online, what? Over yeah, they just handled, you know? handled a few manufacturers. Right. And it's so expensive early on, but as a part of our certification program, uh, once sufficient numbers of testers come out with labs that can do it. We're going to have an additional uh, sort of, not really a certification, but it's, you know, I'm going to be a certified NCIA advanced care, advanced clean character, right? So if I can show that I've done multiple tests over the course of a year, um, I'll be able to get this additional clean stamp put online, uh, which I think would be great. Oh, that's right. Sorry about that, guys. Sorry about that. I'm loud enough, just not just invisible. That's all right. Um, so anyway, yeah, I, you know, it's a little bit of a struggle. You know, you've, you've got to get to know your caregiver, I think. And I think it's important to communicate that to patients. You know, these are my growing methods. These are the things I use in my grow. Uh, here are the pesticides I use. I don't use any. You know, I'm organic. They're not quite pesticides. Uh, but those are also questions. If you talk to patients, you can advise them, hey, you should ask your potential caregiver these questions about their grow, what you put on the plants, what you don't put on the plants, that sort of thing. Does that kind of get to it? It does. Thank you. Any other questions about that side of Missouri's program? Yeah, very important, very exciting. I think it's, it's like I, I've, I've come across some caregivers too that, you know, like that they'll have some of their product that they'll just give to somebody too before to make sure that, you know, and they'll tell them about their product and what it does and how, you know, just to build that relationship of trust with that person, you know, is, mm -hmm. I think that's a good thing to do with people, you know. It's like somebody giving you a sample of some food that they cook, you know, at a restaurant. Yep. Because, yeah, you know, and I think I think that would be something to add into there, you know, to, when you're talking to talking to people because there's a lot of people that are new growers that think they know a lot about growing right now. Is what I what I see in my looking into that circle. There's a lot of ego involved, and I don't I don't think patients have that ability to say, well, I didn't feel it. Or, yeah, you know, is this worthwhile? Their, you know, they want to piss their caregiver off or insult them or anything. So, sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And a couple interesting points there. Matt's talking about uh, patients being able to sample, you know, cannabis in advance of the relationship being established. Uh, be careful with that. Uh, in the Constitution, there's a line that says um, cannabis cultivated on behalf of a patient is for the exclusive use of that patient. Okay. Which means that I can't give you my cannabis. It's for my use only. I can't give you another patient's cannabis. It's for their use only. Okay. According to the constitution, I'd like to get that changed a little bit so that you can do some horse trading and two patients can trade 
you know, if we don't have the, the same kind of medicine or the right kinds of medicine. So just be careful with that. Um, and I agree, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of talk, uh, but that's where references come in. Okay. So if I'm a caregiver and I've got a patient, maybe you start with somebody, you know, you already have a trust relationship with, um, then they can provide a reference for you and say, yeah, he's got, he's got the fire that, you know, he's, right. it's, it's medicine. It's good stuff. And the investor of the MCIA program, Sure. Sure. That stamp's been meaningful. Yeah. Our, we don't have a ton of caregivers. We don't push the program real hard, but those caregivers we have always have patience. Always have patience. Waiting list. Well, thank you for that. Thanks. Yeah. Sure. Thanks everybody for coming and big shout out to Jason and the crew and and the cannabis care team, everybody else who made this happen here today. Thanks for this, this is awesome. Yeah. Um, mm, well, that's the way to everybody's heart, you know, with, with the food. We love you. <laughs> All right, guys. This organization has been very supportive of me and kind of helped me get to where I am. And uh, I would love to see some of the people in this room on their board when I go to the next meeting. Right? Yes. Okay? Yes. Let me reiterate that. Definitely looking for some quality board members. Of color, you know, just be honest. We need that perspective. That's very important to us. We need to be able to see the whole picture in order to help guide, um, you know, policy and to help move things along. Uh, but I also know that a lot of folks are in this room may be super busy, right? So uh, there may not be time. Uh, totally understand it. But if you know somebody, know a leader perhaps, um, you know, put them in touch with us, right? All right. Appreciate you. Thank you. We actually have a certificate and another surprise. <laughs> okay, so it looks like the event is starting to wrap up. That might have been the last speaker. Um, but there's a couple of the things that we're going to do, so stay around, stick around for a couple of minutes. So. Uh, so we're gonna there's a little surprise so just stick around for a second just stick around for a second you got a little surprise for they just wanted us all to come down All right, so we're just letting them uh, gather themselves a little bit. They're, um, I'm not sure what they're doing. I do love April's skirt today, though. Can we just talk about that for a moment? She got it on clearance from like J. Crew. Oh, it's it's a nice skirt. I like it. It's kind of like leathery. Yes, it's really nice. It's like that vintage crinkle look, though. Yeah, I like it. We all wore green today. Except me. Except I got my leaf, though. That's okay. But, I mean, a lot of us did. A lot of us were wearing the same shade of green today. We didn't even plan that shit. 
So I hope you guys had a really great time. I see the comments in here. Um, and um, I appreciate you guys interacting with us. And yeah, it's been a great, amazing day. Um, we've really enjoyed ourselves. We've gotten a few interviews in. The ones that we were unable to get in during the day today, we're going to try to catch those individuals this evening. We have a couple of um, definitely scheduled interviews this evening at the after party, but also I think um, at least one or two of our, our guests that we wanted to interview um, had to step out. And um, so we're just going to get their contact information. We're going to do a, an interview with them later, a little recorded interview, and make sure that you guys don't miss a single one of these vendors or the information that they have to share. So um, we've had some great interviews so far. We have probably about 45 minutes to an hour of interviews so far. Um, and still so many more. I really? Like. Yeah. There's so many more that we can talk to. Yeah. We have to talk to. I think even just patients too. Like we could talk to everybody mm-hmm. about yeah, yeah. their story. For sure. mm-hmm. So tonight we're going to have this set up right here. The one that you're looking at right here on our screen. Um, and it's just going to be this setup and, uh, and any, we might we might do a couple of lives and or we might just do some recording. Um, but but we're definitely going to be running live from from this computer and so get some live shots, um, some IRL stuff this evening and bring you into the cola lounge. And um, as far as I understand it, we are going to be doing a full ass Levo commercial today. Ooh, I'm excited. I'm mm-hmm. super excited. We, we, I know she talks about it. I talk about it. Uh, you know, but we're going to have somebody else it. try it. Yes, we're going to have a, someone else demo it, put put it through the test. So see how they like it. Yeah. Yes. So, um, so yeah, um, check out. Make sure you set your alerts because um, that's the only way you'll catch it. And make sure you're following us. I see some of y'all are over on YouTube and over on um, Facebook, but make sure you're following us on Twitch because that's where that, ex- that extra content is going to come in. Um, we didn't want you guys to miss a single bit of the education that's coming through today, which is why we're, um, why we're streaming on all three of our platforms today, our live platforms. But generally speaking, we, we stream live on twitch.tv slash Cannabis Closet 420. And that's where we'd love to have you follow us and keep up with what's going on. Interact with us. Um, I'm going to go step up front and just talk to... Can you ask... Actually, can you ask April what the situation is before you do that? Yes. And what, then... Of what the chain of events of what, is? Yeah, like, what are we waiting for? Because okay. they told me to bring you down here and then hang out and okay. who's doing something, so... All right. In the meantime, did she bring the book back down? She did. So I'm going to do what I do. You know what I do. I mean, we don't have to fake it because we're on Twitch right now, which is the beauty of it. Yeah. So you guys... Basically, they got her birthday cake. Apparently, there's some surprise of some sort that we're waiting on, and then we're yeah. going to start wrapping it up. So I'll okay. Just be right here talking to you. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So, um, 
So the surprise is that they got her birthday cake. And they didn't try to put a hat on her, too. But she feeling that she didn't even really, uh, She didn't even got that shit. I'm going to roll with you. I'm going to roll with you. Pack a king. You don't roll on me, pack them, right? That's not going to work. I bet hers is upstairs. Her little container. There's nothing in here. Hold on. Oh, I see it. I see it. I see it. There it is. Happy birthday to you. Get her in front of the camera. second of that but i hope y'all loved it and with that we're gonna roll out of here i'm gonna sign off and it's been an amazing day definitely set your alerts we're coming back tonight we're gonna be broadcasting live from the cola lounge with our levo tonight we're gonna have some people testing out the levo here comes b9 grows he's one of our sponsors come sit down y'all already know what up what up what up it's your boy it's your boy it's your motherfucking boy B9 Grows 420, we back. Hey, we about to get ready and shut this thing down and head over to the Cola Lounge, you know, where Bud's meet, Nebraska and Cherokee, Brennan, England, St. Louis Cannabis Club. Make sure you guys come out after party is in full effect. We about to be live up in there and get baked. I love it. Love it. You guys join us later on at the Cola Lounge. We're going to have some amazing personalities like Levon and many more people for you guys to meet. So definitely come through. It's going to be a good time. Uh, We're going to be at the Cola Lounge here in St. Louis, Missouri, where Bud's meet. Uh, it's going to be amazing time. And it's going to be catered by, um, I think it's called Grace Three Meats. That's it's what it's called. I'll definitely double check that and make sure I give you guys the right names. But come through if you can. If you're in town in St. Louis, come through to the Cola Lounge tonight. We're going to be having the after party. And if you're not in St. Louis, roll them up and light them up and join us for a live broadcast. We're going to be there later. Thanks for joining us. You guys stay lifted. Be nice to yourselves. I love and you guys. And make sure you cultivate love. And send love to V9 Grows 420. Make sure you follow him on Facebook. I and, love these ladies. And he's on uh he's live every Tuesday on Facebook teaching y'all how to home grow 
um, on a budget, not on a budget. You know, watch watch what he's got. He's got some amazing tips. He's an amazing personality. You guys are going to love him. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you next time.